To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. Things are really changing. There are good people here. People across North Carolina are proud of the fact that the Democratic Party chose to have a convention here. Don't lose hope no matter what they say, because things are starting to happen. But one thing about South Carolina you can always count on, we're always going to surprise you. In fact, I've always been proud to be a Democrat. We need to recognize that we have an opportunity here in Georgia to take back this state and make it blue again. I think Texas is not only going to turn blue, it's just a question of when. Now that will tell you that we have progressed. Join us as we explore the Southern Progressive Revival. Hi, everybody. Oh, it's so good to have everybody here with us tonight. Um, I know I'm not Jonathan. Jonathan has no voice, and I mean no voice. So you will be stuck with me as your host tonight. However, I have two awesome co-hosts to help save the day. Before the introductions, though, we at Southern Progressive Revival would like to extend our condolences to the family and friends of Brandon Joplin, who died in a vehicle accident. Brandon was a staffer for the Carson campaign. And as political junkies, we don't often think of death involving campaigns, and it is a sobering reminder that politics have a human face. Speaking of which, let me introduce Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee, the man with the smooth voice, a man so cool he gives Sam Cook a run for his money, and a man we all love. Joey? Hey, everyone. How y'all doing? Hi, hey, chat room. Hey, everybody listening. And hello to my co-host. Cool. John Arthur is off tonight. So in his place, we have a special treat. I want to introduce Caitlin Chris from Des Moines, Iowa. Caitlin is smart as a whip, fearless, and ready to give the show a helping hand at the last minute. Our wonderful fill-in host for tonight is Caitlin Chris. Caitlin, say hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, chat room. Um, and, you know, thanks for having me. I hope I do the job that you need me to do. Oh, you will. You will. I'm thrilled. Yeah. And thank you for coming on last minute like that with Jonathan down and John down. Joey and I were kind of like, whoa, <laughs> we need to get a sub <laughs> here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we want to give a quick hope for quick recovery of Jonathan's voice. So send prayers, positive vibes, or whatever healing thoughts that work for you. Now we're going to go on to the show. Um, We have some pretty good audio. And the first audio that we have is out of Hardin, Kentucky. And don't let anyone tell you that we don't have some pretty awesome young people in our country because we do. So can we have audio A now, please? If you were stuck in snow today, three teenagers wanted to make sure you weren't stranded without some help in their area. Hundreds have already liked and commented on their Facebook post. Now, Waze Street News reporter Natalia Martinez bringing us their story from Hardin County. Their trucks may not be anything too fancy, but their hearts are definitely big. The trio armed themselves with as many tools as possible, from shovels to gas tanks, just to help anyone who needed them. Are you stuck? A day off from high school, 
Which gas station are you at? Turns into a hard day's work. We're just out here shoveling driveways and uh, pulling people out. Even though they have to work to get their own truck going, these three teens helped others all over Hardin County, charging nothing but thanks. People always get stuck, and sometimes they don't have a helping hand. If they want to tip us, that's okay. If they don't, we're just trying to, you know, be generous to those kind of people. They helped anyone who calls, like the owner of these two stuck Porsches. I thought it was going to be more stuck than that. The teens get to it and get a bonus. I'm going to drive it super carefully. Really, really carefully. They take the cars as close to the home as possible. No one usually really does this, and especially since they're high school, it's saying a lot about them. We've have helped about uh, 20 to 30 people today. Uh, he's been up since around 5.30 a.m. Next, a home with a covered driveway. I appreciate all three of them. They did a good job. Out of breath and sweating, but still not tired of helping those most vulnerable. A lot, of, a lot of people can actually get hurt from doing that. Help the winner. We'll be there one day, too. Their will gives Miss Ann Darby some hope. It's good. It's really a good feeling. I've lived here my entire life, and so have the rest of us. So we just want to help out the community. So come Friday, when even more snow starts falling all over Kentuckyana, you already know what I'm going to say. These kids say that they're going to be back out, and they hope to get even more calls. In Hardin County, Natalia Martinez, Wake 3 News. Is that not a cool story? And we don't get to hear that many of these stories anymore, do we? Not that kids aren't out there doing it. That's the point. We don't get to hear on the news that so many, um, I don't, what do I want to say, you guys? It's, it's always negative, clickbait type stuff. Right. You know? these, are, these kids are good Samaritans. Yes, yes. And instead, of, and they're not talking about them um, doing anything bad or wrong. And I saw a couple of other stories, but this one I used because it was Kentucky. And um, <clears throat> about kids going out and doing stuff like this. And it just... Oh, and Janet? Yes. Joe's here. Cool. Hi, Joe. Hi, Sister Joe. I won't be able to chat tonight because I'm doing the talking. So, <laughs> those well, stuff, I, but... well, I would like to say, hey, Sister Joe, how you doing, baby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cracked me up. Uh, that's my girl man she's cool as hell man she is so cool (laughs) so um anyway i'm just really i was just really happy to do that and plus i'd been in education for 25 years so i always like to plug youth when i get a chance yeah yeah well there's a whole lot of people like that you know especially here in the south you know you have people help people get their cars out of ditches and they're done somewhere like when when me and Doug, when we worked at this place, I'm not going to say its name or nothing, but we worked at this place, and it snowed real hard, and shoot, uh, we didn't have no cars coming in, so, so we went out there to help people get their cars out of ditches. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, did did all we can to get the cars out of ditches. We out there for a long time, but, you know, we we on the clock and everything, but we weren't studying that. We are trying to get these people home. Well, and I also you know, think a lot of times like that. young people – you know, are kind of afraid of what the older people are going to do or, or say. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like this is one of the ways they get to, you know, help and feel good about themselves because they like helping. 
Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, most students that I had like to help. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> any other comment? I, cool. I think it's cool for them to do that, though. You know, you know, it, it goes to show, you know, it's, it's, it's people out there with hearts, you know. Right. They got damn hearts. Yeah. yeah and especially, I think, especially I think mostly that, young people. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, how, how, when when people do you know bad or some some cra- crazy or strange things, you know they, people say oh their you know their mama didn't raise them right. Yeah, These kids were raised right in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. And the other, in fact, the other audio I had was of a single mother raising um, a son, and so he had gone out and was helping an eighty-two-year-old man who was out there in a walker trying to shuffle Mm. and um but this one like i said had audio this next is also a student helping another student someone trying to help but this didn't exactly end up the way they thought it was going to do you want to play audio b for me there are significant developments in the story we've been reporting this week about two garland middle school students Both A.B. students were suspended and looking at alternative school because one helped the other during an asthma attack. Today, one girl found out she will be back with her classmates next week. The other could be joining her. That's not set in stone at this point. But Sean Rabb tells us the families both are not satisfied just yet. It makes me really happy. It's really exciting to go back to school and not have to do a punishment, even though that I shouldn't have took her inhaler, but I didn't know. Alexis Kyle excited to go back to school Tuesday after riding out a three-day suspension for using another student, India Rush's inhaler, during an asthma attack. I feel that it's not right. It's not right for us to to get punished like this, and we shouldn't get even get punished for it. I was just happy. Both girls suspended for three days. That will, the district says, be reflected as excused absences. Alexis's parents at a Thursday hearing filed an appeal to their daughter being sent to alternative school for 30 days, and the district has dropped that for her. But the district says the student's permanent file will reference the suspension and its connection to a controlled substance, the drugs in that inhaler. If you're going to let her back in school and not take her to a senator alternative school, just let it, take it off her record. I mean, it shouldn't be there anyway. She did no wrong. Alexis worries what's in her permanent file could keep her out of the college of her dreams, Baylor. If they look at it and they see what it says, it could affect me going to college. It could affect how they look at me. India's mother has not yet filed an appeal, though she went to a hearing Friday and viewed video of the incident. India goes in her bag and get out her inhaler and Alexis pumps the inhaler and that pretty much was it. You don't see the teacher come, the coach come in and take the inhaler, any of that? They came behind after it was over with. After the crisis was over, she could breathe again. Yeah, after she could breathe again. After all this, India, if you were in the same situation again, what would you do? I probably would do the same thing because I wouldn't let just stand there and let someone die. Wow, the district says until and unless, Steve, that India's mom files that appeal, her daughter won't be able to attend classes at Trady Middle School. That means come Tuesday that she'll have to go to the alternative school if she stays in the Garland School District. All right, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want to put you on the spot, but, but it might. A lot of people want to blame somebody. They want to blame the principal. They want to blame the school district. They want to blame the state. And a lot of people want to blame zero-tolerance policies in everything involved. 
Is there a bad guy here? You know. Well, if there's some place to lay blame, it's the Texas legislature that about 25 years ago adopted this zero tolerance for many types of infractions, from violence in the classroom to things like drugs. And the problem when you have this blanket title, zero tolerance for a drug, it doesn't allow the district to make wise it takes away wisdom bent decisions. Right? Yes. You can't discern the facts and, and kind of make a middle of the road or, or decision. You just have right. to go black and white. So the district said if you file an appeal, come to the hearing, file an appeal, we'll drop the 30 days in the Alternative Education Center. That's happened for Alexis Kyle. Monique Rush, India's mom, still thinking about that part of it, whether she's going to file that appeal or take some other measures. Okay. Okay. What do you think, Caitlin? <laughs> Oh, sorry, I was typing in the chat room. Um, yeah, I don't think this was... I, my first reaction was, gee, overreaction much? Yeah. I mean, if if the, you know, if the girl really was in trouble, and if it's during an asthma attack, you really are, um, what, you want, her, you want her to either, you know, get really sick and, you know, potentially, you know, run the risk of... Dying. Even more, yeah, dying and, or, you know... Or maybe not 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 that bad, but you know, needing hospitalization or something. Well, if she could make it till then, because I mean, I have asthma, and once your throat closes, you can't breathe. That's true. And I, there yeah, was I, another, yeah, there was another student. There was no audio on, um, and he was up north. That the teachers sat there and waited for the nurse to come to the room, and that student quit breathing totally, and another student took the kid that had passed out down to the nurse's office. But this one, and to me, and then he also got in trouble for doing that. Yeah. This one, um, I didn't see the video, so I don't know how far along the attack was. But I'm interested in your side, Joy. What do you think in your view? I would have done the same thing, and I would have went to jail if I have to, if I'm saving someone's life. Yeah, you I know. <laughs> but you know, I, I, she she just saved a person's life. You know, look at it that way. You know, people got too many screwed up rules, man. You know, you gotta you gotta you 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 gotta let someone slide every now and then. You know, that little girl could have lost yeah, that's her life. Yeah, lack of compassion. Yeah. 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 could have lost a life. And the only thing they're thinking about is the rules. Yeah, and the only thing... Nothing about the child's life. Exactly. I mean, to me, I was just... To be pro-life. Yeah, and I don't understand. I'm not quite sure I understand why the inhaler is a, a... I guess it depends on which inhaler you have, but... Um, you know, they're calling that a controlled substance. It helps you breathe. I don't know that you can get high off of them, but... I, I mean, didn't I, know that either. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I know think, it was a controlled substance. <laughs> yeah, I think I've, I've, I've heard of cases where, you know, the people who don't need it and use it can get high off it, but it sounded oh. like, the, you know, it sounded like, you know, Alexis Kyle probably did need it for for what it was, you know, what it, what it's actively prescribed for. You know, yeah, yeah, and see, I've only, you know, I don't since I've been on t- two different kinds. I don't, I have passed out a couple of times, but not, you know, 
But since I've been using mine the way I'm supposed to, <laughs> that hasn't happened for a long time. Yay! <laughs> but, um, the thing that I understand about what the school is saying, and this is the only thing, and Caitlin just hit on it, is that I have seen kids at our school that we have written up sharing inhalers. Like, if you use an inhaler, or like if I had to use mine, I went down to the nurse's office, or I would go in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can smell them because, you know, you're spraying, and so you smell that um, albuterol. Yeah. Uh, but this little girl, uh, what was it happening, like, in the middle of the classroom, they saw this girl couldn't breathe? Well, you know, it happened at gym. This, it happened, you know, it sounded like gym class, and that that is... Um, physical activity does bring on asthma attacks. Yeah, it does. You know, they call- that, that's how my asthma typically, you know, it, and it's either allergy or or exercise induced. So, yeah, that's what they call yeah. it. Exercise. We used to call it PE asthma because mm-hmm. you okay. they'd be exercising and then all of a sudden you'd hear the, you know, I don't want to do that because no, I don't. But you know, if on. I heard if I heard that and I had inhaling someone's beside me. Now I'm in the school, and and you know this person has asthma, and can't breathe, and like say the face turned. I've seen someone you know have an asthma attack, the face turned red as a beet, you know, and they you know and they do they little inhaler thing, and they feel fine a few seconds later. But if I saw that, I, I would have went here to do it anyway. I would have saved yeah. this person. That's me personally. But these well, people and ain't I've, thinking about that. You know, they yeah. thinking about some other kid trying to get another kid high. Exactly. I mean, and I've, uh, we, I had one student that always said she needed an inhaler. And um, finally, I just said to her, if you're having an asthma attack, you can't, you couldn't talk. You couldn't sit here and ask for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. Well, you, in, my, in my case, you sort of could because when I, when the, when my um, allergies got bad enough, if I breathed slowly enough, I could actually sit there, but it wasn't comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Usually, I guess maybe I waited too long because I couldn't yeah. talk. I'd get to the point I couldn't talk. But anyway, so there's kind of, I can see it from the school's point, but not this black and white. If you've got somebody that that's far gone, and plus having that go down on permanent records as, um, I would fight that with tooth and nail. Permanent yeah, they're treating, it, so, it sounds to me like they're treating it like drug possession. Exactly. Which, yeah, yeah. And they need to get that off. Because that's going to affect her for the rest of her life. But and I'm wondering if that's why they're fighting this. That's why they haven't they haven't done anything to get her back into that school. Yeah, because they are future. You know, they are future. And yeah. yeah. All right. The next one is not a feel good story, but it kind of is. Um, really, in the end, I I think it's just something that we all need to be aware of. Uh, we need audio C for this next one. And we begin here at 5 o'clock with a small Oklahoma community coming to grips with a wave of suicides. Heartbreaking. Tragically, within a short time, four young people have taken their own lives. News Channel 4 Shelter Brigham went to Anadarko today as families and the school try to lift this dark cloud. 
Well, there is urgency in the town of Anadarko, and we learned just this morning that police there took a child into protective custody from school because the staff there believed he was trying to harm himself, a problem that has the town looking for answers. I knew every one of them I taught was their principal. For 25 years, Lynn Bellamy worked in the Anadarko School District. News of four young people ages 22, 20, 15, and 11 taking their own lives in just the last three weeks is unbearable. It just seems to be like it's spreading. Bellamy is now a pastor at First Baptist Church, a place that will handle the funeral for the most recent suicide, an 11-year-old. They feel hopeless, but there are people that love them. It's a message the entire community is standing behind. That that is not a viable solution. It is a permanent fix to a temporary problem. Jason yes. Smith is chief of police. It's brought us to our knees. His department has seen firsthand the devastation of what is being called an epidemic in their town. We're looking into all possible causes and it's just not so easy to put a finger on this is because he's being bullied by this specific person this specific time. For now, city leaders are focusing on raising awareness, working with state resources. Department of Mental Health is going to offer in the public schools here is this training that uh, talks about how we deal with the responding and post-intervention, but also looking at what we can do as prevention as well. The city is also focusing on outreach, placing these flyers all around town, pushing a message of hope and support. Kids are seeing this as an option, and it's not an option. It's the end, and it's final. Yeah, and you're probably wondering why I put this in this section here and it it is a horrible horrible story it's kind of a downer after the the other two I, I guess it's happy not quite so happy bummer here but uh but, stuff that, that like this need to be heard you know yeah that's what I thought and yeah I did Caitlin didn't you say that you worked on a suicide hotline no I've but I've been you know Okay. Suicidal at times, so. Yeah, this one here, um, and I know my sister did at one time, um, and we've had suicides and death at schools at where I've taught. And the thing is, it is devastating. And to have all of these kids at one time in this small little community is awful. But what I really admire about these guys is they aren't just sitting back and not doing anything. Because so many times they they say, okay, we're going to have a counselor here, and then the pastor talks to them. Then we have a few days off of school, and we come back, and then the girls stand in corners, and they pat each other's back and cry, and then life goes on until the next yeah. kid dies. Yeah. This school said, and this community said, they're going to start having um, meetings. They're setting up care stations. They're going to be open for anybody that wants to come from the community. Um, And then there's a hospital that's going to have services available for people that have been avail that have been impacted, which would be anybody in town, because that would be scary if you've got kids. Um, then they're going to start talking to the community about helping um, talk to people about 
what to look for or people, you know, talk to people that do have suicide or self-harm ideations or people that are seeking help. And at the care stations, they've, they've listed an 800 number for Oklahoma. And I'm going to go ahead and give it out in case we have anybody from Oklahoma listening. 800-273-TALK. It's staffed 24 hours by caring professionals. And they're going to have lessons on mental health, warning signs, and they say, tell somebody. If you know someone's feeling that way, tell somebody. Especially teens, because a lot of time they're like, I promised. Yeah, you know, I had problems of that myself, you know, me having them thoughts. But mm-hmm. the only how thing did I help? did, the how I handled myself was, you know, it's not that bad. You're a man. You can, you can get yourself out of this. You know, I just, you know, just thought to myself and. I really didn't talk to anyone, but I just thought to myself and told myself, "I, you know, you can't, you cannot do this because you would hurt a lot of people if you do this to yourself." You know, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and over the years, I thought about it. Now, ain't no way I can harm harm myself like that. You know, just 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 take my life like that. I can't do it. Right. And, and you, you know, I would try to talk. Someone, I would I would try to talk to somebody else about it. You know, I I would like to try it. Because I I lost a friend that I, that I had you know for a long time he 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 uh he killed himself uh about three years ago you know but it was a totally different situation he was in that he think that he couldn't get out of but yeah. I would tell y'all the guys about that when the show's over but what happened you know it's a sad story it's yeah. real sad you know and you know but and I feel sorry you- for his. You know, it's pay family, and you've lost a sister, and you wouldn't want to yeah. do that to your mom. Yeah, right. It, you end up affecting a lot more people than you think you do. Yeah, and I didn't. Yeah. I when I was going through it myself, which is about uh, twenty-two years ago now, I didn't think I'd affect any. You know, I at the time it was like, okay, who's who's going to notice? Who's even going to care? Mm-hmm. But right. give, given the amount of people who you know told me later that yeah, I you know they would it would have messed them up too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it affects a lot more people than you think than right. you think it does. Well, and yeah. I had rheumatoid arthritis, and I was getting to the point I couldn't move, and I was hurting. And so I started thinking about stuff like that. But I talked to my sister. I didn't really tell her that, but I guess she knew because she said, do I need to call the police? Are you thinking about hurting yourself? And that scared me. I went to a doctor, got put on antidepressants, and I'm fine. And mine was caused, I guess, if you're in chronic pain for any great length of time, then you don't have serotonin. Mm. So now I have to take serotonin. But you do get into a hole, and you don't think anybody's going to notice or care. And, you know, you just, you have really not pleasant thoughts. Yeah, and then then after my situation, you know, after I've been, been... Did what I had to do. I turned around and had an accident that almost killed me. You know, and and then I really have a will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a will to live, and I, I'm here now. And and now I don't want to see anyone to be in that situation where they have to take their own life. You know, I'd rather sit and talk to them or something. You know, hey, look, man, it's not worth it. Or this, you know, 
you, you don't want to do this because you, you 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 won't just hurt yourself. You will hurt a whole lot of people that love you. Right, and it, and it may not look like you, 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 it will pass, but it will pass. It will, and that's exactly what yeah. that guy said. This is a permanent yeah. solution for a temporary problem. Yeah. So, well, we're going to have to go to break, and when we come back, we will be going into voices of the past, present, and future. All righty, I got a good guy for y'all guys too. He's a science guy. Ooh. All right. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Indie Media Weekly Radio is proud to bring you the Thomas Jefferson Hour, a radio program that models civil discourse, critical thinking, and good citizenship. Join nationally acclaimed humanity scholar and award-winning first-person interpreter of Thomas Jefferson, Clay Jenkinson, for the Thomas Jefferson Hour, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 4 p.m. The Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com. This is Adam Hebert, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, and I hope that you will listen to my program, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Fuck yeah! Every week on Mike Check Radio, me and my co-hosts, Rob Poole and Kenny Pegg, will talk about the week's news with righteous indignation, facts, and a large dose of comedy. Inconceivable! Join us as we try to answer the question of just how many Republican douchebags there are in Washington, D.C. That's over 9,000! <laughs> we'll also crown our assholes of the week during our program. You are the leading asshole in the state. Finally on our show, we'll also talk about the latest in news from video games, comic books, film, science, anime, and manga. All for your entertainment and learning pleasure. Well, that sounds really shallow and stupid. Let's try it. Don't forget, that's Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and only here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. For those who dare. Oh, and Cranker demands that you listen to our program. <laughs> you are crazier than a crap fight in a monkey house. Hey, Joe, what are you doing? Repairing the GOP clown car. What's wrong with it? Well, you know your show. You mean the Tim Cormall show right here on IndieMediaWeekly.com? Yes. Where each week a panel of guests joins us for a progressive roundtable discussion about politics, news, and other fun topics? Yes. And you know how we check out which members of the GOP climbed into the clown car each week? Yes. Well, there's been so many GOP clowns lately, they broke the springs. Oh, no, really? (laughs) Yes. But don't worry. With the GOP presidential primary season coming up, the clown car will now have new heavy-duty springs to carry the load. So not only will our show be way better than those Sunday cable shows, we'll also have our very own clown car. Right. Now, close that garage door, Tim, before the clowns get in. Join us in our panel of guests every week right here on Indie Media Weekly. Oh, and don't forget, we have clowns. Dang it, I think a few slipped through. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, or in prime time on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio at IndieMediaWeekly.com. 
Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores. We obey the laws. We pay our taxes. We fly our flags on holidays. And we plot along trying to make it better for ourselves and our children. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Hello. Welcome back. We're so happy to see you. Again, I want to thank Joey Word, the man with the smooth voice, that he could have been from Motown, the man from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, Joey. Hello. Hello, everyone. Cool. And Caitlin Chris, a gal that is a, is a frequent chatter here. She is smart and capable and I was so excited when she agreed to come on and co-host the show for us tonight. Caitlin from Des Moines, Iowa. Hi Janet, you're making me blush. (laughs) (laughs) You were my first choice. (laughs) And then we get to gang up on Joey. (laughs) Well, I'd rather get ganged up on y'all than some trolls. So I know y'all on my side anyway. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I am hosting tonight because Jonathan has no voice. I mean, nada. And John Arthur, the man from Tennessee, is not on tonight. So it's Caitlin and I enjoy. And so we're pretty excited. And um, we hope that Jonathan gets to feeling better by next week. But. We are ready for Joey's spot, so I think that we're ready to hear his uh, bumper. Voices. Voices of our black past, present, and future with Joey Word. We have come here from the dusty plantations of the deep south. There have been many of our people across the country from all walks of life who have taken it upon themselves to try and pull their ideas. It was the 31st of August in 1962 that 18 of us traveled 26 miles to the county courthouse in Indianola to try to register to become first-class citizens. I've had a number of threatening calls, people calling me saying they were going to kill me. My mother explained racism and segregation to me. And what she said, and I'll never forget this, she said, this is not the way things are supposed to be. This might be the way they are now, but they are not supposed to be this way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our hero of this week, he's a handsome fellow. His name is, uh, he's he's a famous uh, Inventor, you know, his name is Louis Latimer. He was born on uh, September the 4th, 1848, in Chelsea, Massachusetts. Uh, he's the son of Rebecca and George Latimer, both runaway slaves. On October 1842, 
uh, George and Rebecca, who was pregnant at the time, ran away from their owner, James Gray. The pair hid beneath the deck of a northbound ship that took them to Baltimore, Maryland, and then traveled to Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia, that is, and uh, finally to Boston, Massachusetts. When James Gray found they were missing, he offered a reward of $25 if Latimer was captured in Virginia and $50 plus expenses if he was captured outside Virginia. When George and Rebecca arrived to Boston, George was recognized by a former employee of James Gray who contacted Gray. A few weeks later, George was arrested, charged with uh, leniency, and uh, he was uh, brought before Justice Joseph Story, who ordered that he be held. Members and friends of the black community attempted to rescue attempt, but they that failed, as did the attempt at uh, of finding the wit of repealing with the Massachusetts court. In reaction to the uh, Latimer's detention, the Massachusetts legislature passed the 1843 Personal Liberty Act, also known as the Latimer Law which prevented Massachusetts officials from assisting in the detention of suspended fugitive slaves and banned the use of state facilities to detain such suspects. In the meantime, they purchased uh, uh, George's freedom from Gray for $400. As a free man, George worked as a paper hanger in uh, Lynn, Massachusetts, but continued to work with uh, a Bolinist causes. Lewis served in the United States Navy for the, uh, for the uh, Union during the Civil War, assigned to the USS Mass- uh, um, Massasoit gunboat, and received a honorable discharge on J- July the 3rd, uh, 1965. After his discharge, he... Uh, uh, well, after discharge, he searched for work throughout Boston, Massachusetts, and, even, and and eventually obtained a position as an office boy with a, with a, a patient law firm, Cosby and Gold. And see, Cosby and Gold earning uh three hundred dollars each week. Lewis thought himself a mechanical uh, drawing, skillfully using the tools of the trades, uh, such as the T-squares, triangles, compasses, and rulers, and he was able to master the art of drawing to scale. After noticing Latimer's ability to draw uh, uh, painted uh, uh, sketches, he was Subsequently promoted to a row head draftsman, earning twenty dollars a week in addition to his newly found success. Latimer found additional uh, employment when he wedded Mary Wilson in November of eighteen seventy three. In eighteen seventy four, along with W. C. Brown, Latimer co-invented 
an improvement of a train water closet, a bathroom compartment for trains. Uh, two years later, Latimer, he, he played a part in one of the most important inventions. In, in 1876, Latimer was sought out as a draft, draftsman by an instructor for hard of hearing children. The teacher had created a device and, and needed Lewis to draft the drawing necessary for a patient application. The instructor was Alexander Graham Bell, and the product was the telephone. Working uh, uh, late into the evening, Latimer uh, uh, labored hard to complete the patient application, which was submitted on February 14, 1876, just hours prior to another application was handled by Elijah Gray for a similar device. In 1880, after a relocating to uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Latimer was employed as the assistant manager to a draftsman for, uh, uh, for a U.S. electric lighting company owned by Hiram Maxim. Maxim, Maxim was, uh, was the chief competitor to Thomas Edison the man who invented the electric light bulb. Edison uh, light had been composed of glass bulb, which surrounded a carbon wire filament, typically made of bamboo, paper, or thread. When the, when the filament was, was buried inside the light bulb, which contained most of no air, and uh, it grew to be so hot that it uh, literally glowed. Therefore, <clears throat> by, excuse me, uh, by passing electricity into the light bulb, Edison had been able to uh, cause the glowing bright light and to eliminate with, with a room. Before his majority of lighting was provided uh, either through candle lights or through gas lamps or even kerosene lanterns. Maxim uh, drastically uh, desired to improve on Edison's light bulb and focus on the, the main weakness of Edison's bulb, uh, their brief of span, typically only a few days. Latimer set it to make a long-lasting light bulb. Latimer developed a way of encasting a, a, a filament within a <clears throat> cardboard envelope which prevented the, the carbon from breaking up and therefore providing a much longer life to the light bulb. This made the light bulb less expensive and more efficient. This is also made it possible for electric lighting to be installed within homes and all through the streets. <clears throat> Latimer's uh, capabilities in electric lighting became well known and soon he was sought after to continue to improve a uh, incandescent uh, lighting as as well as the arc lighting. Eventually, as more key cities began wiring their roadways for electronic lighting, Latimer was sent to lead the planning team. He helped to install the first electric plants in Philadelphia, New York City, and Montreal, and oversaw the uh, installation of lighting in railroad stations, government buildings, and major through through uh, uh, through affairs in uh, Canada, New England, and London. 
1890, Latimer, having been employed to Thomas Edison, began working in the, in the legal department of Edison's Electric Light Company, serving as the chief dra- uh, draftsman and, and, and patent, yeah, patent uh, specialist to, uh, to uh, in this in this cap, uh, capacity, he dr- he uh, drafted sketches and documents related to Edison's uh, uh, patents. Looked over plants and 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 searched for and and fingers of Edison's uh, patents. Carried out patients uh, uh, searches and testified in court proceedings of Edison's behalf. Later on, he uh, authored the words most com- uh, co- co- a comprehensive book on electric lighting and consented uh, electric lighting, a, a practical dis- description of the Edison system. Lewis was uh, designed uh, design one of the charter members of the Edison pioneers and dis- discussed uh, a group of distinguished dis- 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 group of people considered Responsible for de- uh, developing the electrical industry, Edison Electric Lighting Company would ultimately develop into what's now known as GE, General Electric Company. Wow. <clears throat> Latimer continued to display his in innovative uh, abilities over sub- subse- uh, subsequent uh, of several years in in 1894, he created a safety elevator, a past improvement on existing elevators. He next obtained a, uh, a patent for locking racks for hats, coats, and umbrellas. The device was used in restaurants, resorts, and office buildings, keeping items safely and securely and, and permitting owners of the items to keep them from becoming misplaced or intentionally taken by other people. He next created a in enhanced version of a book supporter used to have books uh, uh, neatly arranged on bookshelves. Latimer next developed the method of making rooms more hygienic and climate controlled. He named the system an apparatus for cooling and disinfecting. The device did wonders in hospitals, preventing airborne dirt and dust particles from circulating inside of the patient's rooms in public areas. Throughout uh, uh, the rest of his life, Latimer continued to try to develop ways of enhancing everyday living for public, uh, ultimately working on inventives to improve the civil rights of black citizens within the United States. He also painted portraits and wrote poetry and music for friends and family. Louis Latimer died on December 11, 1928, and left behind a legacy, accomplished and, and leadership uh, that much of, of the world owes a gratitude, and we do owe him gratitude. And, you know, like I say, this is my country. This is your country. This is our country. Let's come together and make it a better country. I know we all don't agree, but we can agree to disagree with love and respect, not hate and disrespect. From the, from the Swahili language, I like to say to y'all, Opindo, 
Na'amani. That means love and peace. Thank you, guys. Hello? Sorry. <laughs> I had it I'm kind of stuck there. Oh what happened? <laughs> what happened? Uh, <laughs> so how y'all like uh, that film? I think that was really interesting. I had knew known that there was a black man that had um, worked with Edison named Steve Latimer. Or Larimer, I, I think uh, it is. Louis Latimer. Louis Latimer. Larimer. I don't think yeah, he has a T uh, in his name. Uh, it's Latimer. Lat- Latimer. L-A-T-I-M-E-R. Oh, okay. It is Latimer. Yeah. But... I did not know that he invented the parts. They kind of forget that, don't they, in the history books? Oh, yeah. They, they're trying to, you know how they Whitewash. do. Whitewash. Yeah, you know how they try to do. You know, I got, <laughs> I, hey, look, I'm going to have more coming, too. I'm going to have more. <laughs> I'm not going to let them erase the history. I thought of hard work, you know, these, you know, these, my elders done. I'm not yeah. going to do it. I'm not going to well, let it rest. Joe says she loves it when you speak French, Joey. Uh, um, <laughs> Swahili. <laughs> oh, oh well, she don't care. Hey, Sister um, Joe. Wee wee. Um, but now he died in 1911? Yes. Yes. Good grief. Now, and he didn't have. No, he died. Let me see. He, he died December the eleventh, nineteen twenty-eight. That's what he died. Yeah, nineteen twenty-eight. Hmm. I was trying to think. Was there like a Latimer something that he got that got named for him? Do you know, Caitlin? Uh, I no, I don't. I need to I need to do more research on that. I I know I do. Yeah, I need to do some more research. Well, no, I was just I keep thinking there was um Yeah, cuz he you know, you said uh barriers for cooling and disinfecting the device did wonders in hospitals and preventing airborne dirt and dust and particles for circulating inside the patients' rooms in public areas. That means that sounds like an air conditioner to me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering if he got yeah. if that got named for him, but you never. I mean, you just didn't know. No, everything was taken. You know, it's a whole lot of things taken from African Americans they invented, and didn't get credit for it. And a lot of people later made a lot of money, and most of these African Americans died broke. You know. Oh wow. That's sad. Yeah, I mean, you know. Not, not to say that this is anywhere remotely similar, Joey, but it's kind of like, you know, where in, in you know, in history, in scientific history, there's, you know, all these women that did all this stuff, but yes. you only yes. hear about the men. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to find another, I'm going to find a science woman for next week. Well, <laughs> just uh, I just found something here. It turns out he's in the inductee of the National Inventors Hall of Fame for his work on the electric filament manufacturing technique. Mm-hmm. He was a founding member of Flushing, New York, Unitarian Church, and his house has been moved to Flushing, New York, and turned into a museum in honor of him. Mm-hmm. And they have apartment houses in Flushing's that are called Latimer Gardens, okay? Um, and in Clinton what? Hill, Brooklyn, is named Lewis H. Latimer School in Latimer's honor. Mm-hmm. 
So that might be where I'd heard of his name. I knew there was. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's people, you know, the guys like this should be in our, in our, in our history books in these schools. But they're not. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't remember. Because, you know, when I was in school, the only person I know of that invented like electricity is Ben Franklin. And, and you know, invent, and the person who invented the uh, light bulb was Thomas Edison. But what about the people behind him who helped and made it possible? See, like this guy right here, you know. Or like Joe Gladly. says, he probably died broke. Yeah, he probably did die broke. A whole lot of them died broke. I wonder if uh, Edison, does anybody know if Edison had money when he died? Uh, I don't remember. I don't either. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I, I think he died rich. You know, my, you know, <laughs> where I stand, the way they gave him props over the years, you know, I think he died. Yeah. His family died. His family's rich. You know, his descendants. Huh. Yeah, well, it says uh, that <clears throat> Edison sold most of his inventions. Is and Tesla? Yeah, it it, it looks like Edison may have stolen a lot of Tesla's inventions. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Edison of, wasn't too nice of a guy, was he? It was a lot of people no. stood a lot of things from brothers and sisters, especially when it came to music. Ah. Oh, man. Oh, you mean like the songs? Yeah, songs. The stole songs. That's why I'm not an Elvis Presley fan, you know. No pun intended on people who's Elvis fans. I'm not a, I'm not an Elvis Presley fan. <clears throat> no. He was kind of a major... <laughs> a major a-hole, according to Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> So that song, that song, uh, uh, that Hound Dog song, that was a black woman's song. Oh yeah, what was her name? I can't remember her name. I forgot her name though. But he got I he heard stole it. that song from her. Yeah, I heard that on Joe Madison's song. Mm-hmm. So I think we have a couple of minutes to break. We could go to another story. Um, well, I'm gonna find a she roll for next week. And I think I'm gonna find me uh, a black female in the science industry. You know, what I'm saying who's done something. You know, I'm gonna find somebody. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yeah. You're, of you're them. good yeah. at that, though, Joey. So. Thank you. <laughs> I sure appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, anybody have anything on the last, the stories that we've been through today? Because we got two minutes before break, and it's really not long enough time to go through another story um, right now. And let me go back up here and look. Anybody have anything they want to say? Uh, I'm done for right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joey. Jonathan says we can go to break in one minute and, and he'll stretch the brakes. So, uh, high tower yeah. lowdown? 
I, yes. I love him, man. I love his voice. Yeah, I, love I think we talks. have a new. I think this is a new one. They've had it's a new one. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I think there's a new one. Um, so this is going to be interesting. I don't think I've heard this one yet. So, um, that's what we're going to do. And you know what? Since we got a minute, I'm going to say hi to those in chat. We have. A nice-looking chat in there. We've got Anon, which is Sister Joe, because you've got a password. Adam and Caitlin and Francie and Grimmy and, of course, me and Joe, Joey, Nova, Snorky. And so we're saying hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. Hey, Francie. She, she's in the chat room. Yeah. <laughs> Say, hey, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> so glad to see everybody. Oh, Sister Joe. <laughs> Gave me a little heart. Back to you, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. And Nova. Hey, Nova. I, think, <clears throat> I don't know if I said Nova or not. Yeah, you did. Okay. Hey, snort. All righty. So we're ready to go to Hightower Lowdown. Let's go ahead and head on to break. And we'll come back for Gander. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We have been the instrument of change in the past. We know what needs to be done. We know how to do it. We know that we can impact policies which affect education, human rights, civil rights, economic and social opportunity. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. How about putting some fracking wastewater on your salad? Hear about this today on Hightower Radio. Water scarcity is getting scary, and banning long showers is not even a drop in the solution bucket. The biggest water sponge by far is food production, and agri-giants continue to pour it on their vast fields like there's no tomorrow. In a May 31st column, Nicholas Kristof of the New York Times reports that the Pacific Institute and National Geographic have calculated how much water today's industrialized food system sucks up. For example, one little almond takes one gallon, a single walnut, five gallons, a head of lettuce, 12 gallons, a cluster of grapes, 24 gallons. But wait, America's big oil frackers say not to worry because they can offer a gusher of H2O to food producers. Believe it or not, they're selling their fracking wastewater to agribusiness for irrigating fruit and vegetable crops. This is water that ExxonMobil and other drillers mix with a witch's brew of some 750 toxic chemicals before power blasting it into underground rock formations. The drillers have to reclaim and store this contaminated water, but Eureka, someone shouted. Rather than store it, put it on America's salads. It's perfectly safe, the always trustworthy oil industry tells us, because they treat the water to remove all the cancer-causing nasties. But studies have found toxics remaining in some of the treated water, and a California science panel found that state regulators have no adequate testing process nor any controls in place to stop contamination of crops. This is Jim Hightower saying, fed up, California Assemblyman Mike Gatto has introduced a bill to require warning labels on all state produce that has been irrigated with fracking water. This would empower consumers, rather than big oil, to decide whether fracking chemicals belong in our family's dinner plates. For more information, contact waterdefense.org. 
Hightower's commentary is brought to you by the Hightower Lowdown. From Wall Street to Washington, this monthly newsletter reveals who's doing what to whom and why. Check it out, HightowerLowdown.org. Listen to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern for three hours of news, opinion, and laughs. This is what comedian and talk show host John Fugelsang has to say about Turn Up the Night. You guys really walk a good line of having it be really collegial and really having a, a show that, you know, blends the uh, intelligence with the irreverence, which is the hardest balance to pull off. Still not convinced you should listen to Turn Up the Night? Well, listen to what legendary writer, actor, and comedian Rick Overton has to say. I just don't think we can use the mainstream news for much anymore. I'm, I'd much rather go to you than to CNN for anything. You know, I would trust what my friends have to say more. Well, who can argue with that? Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Bookmark IndieMediaWeekly.com, and be sure to check out our schedule of fine live programming, as well as podcasts and music shows. And please make Indie Media Weekly one of your favorites on TuneIn. Indie Media Weekly, for those who dare. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on earth is strangely not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Hello and welcome back to Southern Progressive Revival. With me, Janet Benderson from Lake of the Ozark, Missouri, and Joey Word, the man from Nashville, Tennessee. Say hi, Joey. Hello, everyone. And I didn't get to speak to Grimmy, my man, Grimmy. What's up, man? (laughs) And Christina, Caitlin Chris from Des Moines, Iowa, the land of the caucuses in, what, two weeks? Yeah, last little bit. I think a little bit more than that, but yeah. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I bet you're going to be so glad to see the back end of them. Yep. Bye-bye. Unfortunately, it's a matter of, I think we only get about three months off because once the general starts. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You know, and then once president gets elected, the people who are considering running for next go-round are going to start making Iowa plans. And quite frankly... Um, I'm probably not the only one in Iowa who thinks this. Can you leave us alone for two years? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that I'd even watch TV if I was there. (laughs) And then I wanted to say that we're so sorry that Jonathan is sick and can't talk. And so send him some positive vibes. And John Arthur is off tonight. So now it's time for Gander at the Soapbox. Gander at the Soapbox. Gosh darn it, who diddly I'm conservative. What do you have a higher opinion of, Congress or dog poop? I think the the report's full of crap. 
My goodness, I didn't know solid waste management was so controversial. We'll have more of everything. We were discussing disease. We were discussing all sorts of things tonight. You know, I apologize. We left the helicopter at home. You know, I, I don't have to defend everything that I've ever done. Isn't that the Tea Party in a nutshell? Republican on Republican violence. There isn't a Republican Party. I humbly ask for your vote whenever you're going to get to vote, whenever the primary is. So in love with you. That's what I'm talking about. I love yeah. that. I love I it do when too. you do that. I love that. I'm not so crazy about this next guy, but I love <laughs> this audio. Oh my God, I love it. Rand Paul calls Trump Gollum. <laughs> audio D, let's hear it you about this. Uh, you have said you will support the Republican nominee, whoever it is, even if it's Donald Trump. Today, you wrote a Facebook post in which you likened Donald Trump to Gollum, the bad guy uh, from Lord of the Rings. There's Gollum. There's a picture of the handsome fella. Okay. How on earth, or I guess I should probably say how on Middle Earth, is Donald Trump like Gollum? Well, you know, Gollum was uh, after his precious, his little ring, the ring of power. And to him, power was really important to be an obsession. And I think Donald Trump in some ways represents that in the sense that he's so smart, he's so rich. If you just give him power, he's going to fix everything. But, you know, I come from a tradition, the limited government tradition. Really, we hearken back even to the plains of Runnymede, to the barons challenging the king. We believe in limitation of power, and we believe that power corrupts and that absolute power corrupts absolutely. So we don't want a strong leader. In fact, I tell people all the time, I want to give power back to the states and the people. I want the presidency to have power taken away from it, because I think the presidency's gotten too powerful. I don't hear that from Donald Trump. What I hear from Donald Trump is... He's so smart, he's so rich, give him power, and he'll fix everything. But that concerns some of us who are students of history who believe too much power is the problem. You'll concede that, that he's better looking than Gollum. <laughs> that, you'll, you'll think no, about, it was not a physical comparison. Not a physical comparison. <laughs> what do you think about that one, Joey? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think I think compared to Donald Trump, if he come presidential, he make he make Gollum look like a choir boy. <laughs> he will. Yeah, and my my, us, my usual line my usual line of thought on where this is concerned is, well, isn't that kind of insulting to Gollum? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah my precious <laughs> I can't say it I want to use what of the two of you said it so good before we came on the air my precious <laughs> yes that's it <laughs> call him call him oh, yeah, I've seen that movie I've seen the trilogy a hundred times because I like Lord of the Rings <laughs> oh well, and the thing is, Rand Paul is such an obnoxious a-hole. He also is Gollum. He, he's self-centered. He's he a is. narcissist. You know, he's he's arrogant. He's he's, he's no different asshole. than Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Although I think probably Trump is probably in his heart a little more liberal, but he's also a fascist. But you know, he used to be fairly liberal. I mean, I'm not. You know, I wonder what happened. Mm. I don't know. And like Adam said, and it's true, Republicans don't believe in limited government. So Paul Rand Paul and his little libertarian 
thing, all the things that he says that, you know, he wants liberal, limited government, but he wants to control women's privates and um, take away autonomy for women. Um, there's, you know, he picks and chooses his, you know. Well, that, his, that's not big government. What is, you know, if you, you know, that that's fascism, you ask me, you know, you don't want a woman to do what she wants to do with like, when it comes to her health. You know, yeah. you gonna do or this or even, else, or even who, or even who you sleep with. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like Adam said, they want to control the most private parts of your life, like medical procedures, jobs, who you love. Um, you know, Education. it's the morality. How they think that they can legislate morality, in other words, but uh, no. But I just love that golem. Thing. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just that's, that's fun. That is oh, fun. And the next one, oh my gosh, I just love this. This happened in your neck of the woods, Caitlin. Um, so I'm going to come to you right after this one. This is so funny. Huckabee loses it on a Duggar's call out. Let's do audio E. All right, let me see if you've got any questions. I'll be happy to try that. Yes, ma'am, right over here. Um, you talked about the children. What's your views on child? Abuse. Well, I don't know if anybody uses for it. Uh, I mean, I think it's an abominable practice. Anybody would abuse a child. I think the ultimate form of child abuse in this country is abortion. It's the most irreversible form of child abuse. But the abuse of any child, regardless of what age, is uh, an unacceptable. How come behavior. you support it then? How come what? You support it. Oh, why on earth would you say I support child abuse? It, you, you support it on your websites. When the Duggars came out and their son had molested their child, you more or less said that you felt sorry for their parents. Their parents let it continue for a You don't know, you ma'am, know. I'm sorry, but let me no. just stop you. No, let me stop you because you're accusing me of supporting child abuse. Yes, I'm going to take you on that because that hurts my feelings. And it's absolutely you know it hurts my feelings, too, well, that somebody like you are running for the American public. Ma'am, let me tell you something. You have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know that family, and I do. You don't know them. I've never supported so child abuse. Let me finish. So do you let me finish. Okay, you can, but I do. You bet I can. This is my event. You accuse me of supporting child oh, abuse. It's all right at your event, but if somebody disagrees with I'm you. I'm going to finish. You do not know that family. I do. I thought, oh, oh my God. And I watched the video event. on this. Yeah, it's just like and him. Just like him. Yeah, well, she kicked, he kicked her out. And as she's going out the door... She says, I hope you lose. It's a good thing you're so low in the polls. Well, what did you think a... about this, Caitlin? Yeah, I keep wondering when we're going to finally see Huckabee in, embroiled in a sex scandal, personally. Ooh. Because mm. if he's that supportive, this reminds me of the whole, you know, he thinks stuff protests too much. Ah, he might, I, think he's covering, I think he's covering something up. Uh, that's a good point because he really, really was defensive. I mean, he really got angry over this. Like you don't know him. Yeah, it sounds like he took it personal. You know, it sounds yeah. like he took it personal, real personal. And it was like, oh well, you don't, you don't know them. Well, the problem is, 
they covered yeah okay fine he may not be doing it anymore but they covered it up the fact That's that true. they covered it the fact that they covered up the, the molestation of their own daughters and didn't they admitted it i mean this yeah. isn't like it wasn't you know it's not like an allegation they admitted to it but only after they covered it up past the statute of limitations oh and i'm not entirely sure Josh Duggar is not still molesting children. See, did his wife... No, she's still with him. Yeah, she's still with him because she, she's also involved in the same branch of, you know... Cult. Yeah, their version of... Christianity. It is a cult. Christianity. They, they, think, they, think it is their, it, they think it is their denomination of Christianity. But, mm. yeah. Uh, they, and they've got four girls, don't they? Mm-hmm. And I think... Basically, it seems like the Duggars are basically, you know, the women are nothing but broodmares. Oh. Oh, this, it's just, I was just, this, I don't like Huckabee at all, but this tape was almost uncomfortable. And you could see the people toward the end of the tape just looking down at the table like, I just want this to go away. (laughs) But I really applaud this woman for bringing this out. Yeah, she's brave. She was brave. I yeah. like what she did. I like. She's brave. You know. He's rude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he, he really is a jerk. I mean, besides his belief in what he believes, he really has that authoritarian Republican attitude. You know, I am right, and I'm a man, and this is the way it is, and you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I was just like, whoa. But I—that's interesting, Caitlin. I didn't even think about that. That uh, he may be embroiled in his own little issues. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm wondering whether when it's going to come out that he he's also a child molester, because with this, you know, he's the fact that he's so wholeheartedly supporting the Duggars. You know, it's like what it. You know, what typically happens when somebody is holier than thou? You later find out that. Um, yeah, they're even, and like, they're even more involved than. Yeah, and Joe's saying, "Yeah, I love the tape because bullies have to be outed." Yep, and that's that's a fact. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I knew he was disgusting, but I, I was thinking more for his beliefs. But he, <laughs> and she said, "LOL, Caitlin." But yeah, his um, he is a bully, and I mean that tape really shows what type of a bully he is. Yep, and. Speaking of bullies, Uh-oh. the next story we're going to talk about, there's no <laughs> audio, although I know there's audio, but we couldn't, couldn't get it, um, has to do with Palin's blame game. Oh, it's so sad. Her son, um, as we've heard, I'm sure, took a gun and was threatening his ex-wife, I read, I read that it was the ex-wife, he got drunk, went over there, goes into her house, has an AK-47, and is threatening to kill her at one point, and then he starts threatening to kill himself. And he was yelling on the tape, do you think I'm a pussy, that I wouldn't do it, or something like that. He likes that word, because he uses it every time he gets drunk and goes on a rampage. But, um, 
So <laughs> go ahead and do us a favor, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> excuse me, at a campaign stop for Trump, she says, Oh, I've got to address the elephant in the room. My son has PS PTSD. PTSD, huh? Okay. Yeah. You mm. know. And it and it was uh palin traumatic stress disorder is what I would say, but <laughs> <laughs> she's blaming it on President Obama. Yes. She, she need to be blaming it on Bush because we shouldn't have been over there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Send them send them guys and girls over there on a, a based on a lie. Yeah. And, Caitlin, what do you think? You know, like, this PS, PTSD is a serious thing that vets yep. come back with. Yep. And she's just minimizing it, all for political ploy. What do you think? Yep, I, I agree. And quite frankly, it's like I'm also wondering how bad a drinking problem Track Palin's got. And I'm wondering whether, you know, it, it was a matter of he learned it from his parents. Ah. Uh. Ah, well, was his dad one of the drunks too? We know mom was because what she was the swilla of Mozilla. Remember when she was like, don't cuss, Willow, on that tape, remember? Yeah, but the problem is, it's like, yeah, she, she doesn't allow her girls to cuss, but the boys can do whatever they want. Snork says, we need to talk about his MMIAA syndrome. My mom is an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Adam, oh, God, this is a good one, too. (laughs) Something stress douchebaggery. (laughs) (laughs) Post tracks. Stress to his back? I'm not. What's this middle name? Track, I don't know what. The same, I think it says Track Mark Palin. I heard on some talk show or some, some, guy, some guy said uh, uh, his name should have been Track. It should have been Skid. <laughs> Skid Row trailer. Skid Palin. Mark trailer. Uh, uh, Palin. <laughs> Skid Mark Palin. <laughs> I know. And it's just. You know, and it just pissed me off so bad, and there was no way to get through my monitor to get at her. And, and I, <laughs> I was so enraged over this story. Well, just, in a way, I'm glad you didn't have no audio of it because, good God almighty, I hate that woman's voice. Oh, yeah, we, we heard enough of that <laughs> oh, this morning. On oh, Tim my God. Yeah. Yes. Caitlin and I were both on uh, Tim's show this morning, and every audio practically was. Sarah Palin, and he doesn't give warnings. Adam on his show, Mike Chuck Radio, does, and Kenny does on Turn Up the Night. You know, they have the, and Stephanie Miller, but not, not Tim. So all of a sudden, we just got the scratching on the blackboard, the fingernails on the blackboard, you know. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> have to put your fingers in your ears, you know. And she just she just talked gibberish, you know, just gibberish. And then her family values. Okay, this is another thing. I have a son. If my son was home <laughs> threatening to kill himself and the mom of his child, 
although Sarah didn't mention her ex-daughter-in-law and her granddaughter being in danger, um, I would have left wherever I was and gone home. I would have seen if there was something that I could do, some, you know, like a treatment center, something, if I could talk him into something. But she has been bailing this boy out forever. He was in the service because he was in trouble with the law. He And I read that um, he gets over there and he never did any kind of, never saw any kind of fighting activity or anything because every time they wanted to do anything with him he'd refuse saying you know who my mother is i mean this guy's been a jerkwad forever and Mm. sounds awfully entitled to me yeah yeah Yeah, white privilege i guess huh Mm, white male privilege exactly and then she's got a daughter that keeps popping out babies at while getting what, 15000 a shot for a speech for abstinence? abstinence yeah. I mean, I don't you just love, you know, like Joe says, the Republicans blame everybody else and especially Obama, but talk about personal responsibility. I mean, come on, give me a break. Well, they're doing but, all they can to uh, <clears throat> uh, shit on this man's legacy and make sure his legacy is be, you know... It's crap, but that's not going to work. I don't care what they say. The man's going to have a, a great legacy after he leaves the White House. Yep, They can say well, all they want to say. And a great thing, too, that was on Madison, Rachel Madison, or... Maddow. 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 Oh, my gosh. Hmm. <laughs> that there were some veterans that were really not pleased. And I saw a lot of blowback from veterans on it. And they were saying, you don't blame President Obama for PTSD that her eldest son is battling. And they said they weren't even sure that that's what he had. Um, and I'm wondering if it's, I'm wondering about fetal alcohol syndrome myself. Oh, that could be. That really could be. And they said that a lot of this, the Republicans, which I did not realize, and I heard that on Tim's show, I think it was Tim or Joe that was talking about that a lot of Republicans don't even believe in PTSD. You know, that they kind of poo-poo and pot. Was that, did they talk about that today? Yeah, that I, think they, I, think they, I think they did. It would, in, in the fact that people like Mark Levin and, my, and um, Dan Savage, or, Mike, sorry, not Dan Savage, Michael Savage. Totally wrong person. But yeah, Michael Savage is like, you know, get over it or, you know, it doesn't yeah. exist or whatever. Mm. Yeah. But, but he, he ain't never been in a war zone. You know, I, I had a couple of friends. I had an uncle and a couple of cousins that was in the war zones. And 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 one of my friends was in Vietnam. And he's so messed up that he had to take a medication to keep having nightmares because he killed so many people. He said he stopped counting after 20. Mm. Over in Vietnam? And, yeah, and he have nightmares. He, he saw so much going on over there that he have nightmares all the time and, and almost killing people, you know. And he have to take medication in order to, you know, for it to right. calm down. So he well, don't, it, Michael Savage don't know nothing about that guy. I don't know because I ain't never been in the war zone, but I've been around people who, who you know, who've been there and, and and told me stories, and I'm talking about these are graphic stories they told me, and these guys were serious about that, you know. 
Right. And then these people in these darn suits behind these microphones being armchair, armchair, uh, 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 what they call them? Armchair generals and quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. And, and, And don't know what the hell is going on. Well, and like this veteran was saying that he does, he just hopes PSTD, PTSD, I get my letters mixed up, doesn't become a portable chew toy in this political campaign because they are fighting to get budget in order to help the veterans that need mental health. And right. of course, and this, yeah, and the fact that Sarah Palin keeps blaming the president for, you know, oh, cutting VA benefits and blah, 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 and not helping, it's like, um, who passed sequestration? Thank you. How true. Mm. That is so true. Who yeah. keeps trying to cut the Veterans Administration? Yes, exactly. And the funding. It's them yeah. that keep doing that. Right. Very, very good point. And that's why I hate to see a veteran, a homeless veteran. I hate seeing that. That's why I do what I can if I'm driving, by, getting off the freeway, and they're on the side of the freeway with a sign. You know, and some of them still wearing their army fatigues, the old army fatigues, like the old coats, the old green coats they used to wear. You know, I could tell a veteran, you know, I could see the tattoos and stuff. And I hand about five, ten dollars. I don't care what you do with it, man. You're here, you know. Yeah. And I don't and, and I don't, you know, and I, and I know they get tired of saying thank you for your service. I don't tell them that anymore. I don't think I can say is, man, you guys, are my heroes, any man that can that can. Join the military to sacrifice his body for his country. You are a hero, dude. I ain't gonna say exactly. thank you for your service. I never said that to any of exactly. Them. Uh, absolutely. I, you know, and that's something that I always have a hard time. I, I can't drive by a homeless person, and I know that there's some of them that are out there faking it. But then, on the same hand, I don't know. I don't know which ones are which. Um, and, these, and these people trying to take all that stuff from them, man. It's making it harder to fund them. And, you know, they already going through some stuff already. And then when they come home, you know, their own government that they went to fought for and, and risked their lives for don't want to take care of them. I hate that shit. Yeah. I know. And people are like, well, you know, we shouldn't help the homeless. And when we get back from break, we're going to talk about um, one of those stories. But... uh yeah, I um, I don't worry so much about what they're going to do with the money. I agree with you. It's it's not up to us. And if they're going to buy a bottle of wine and that helps them get through the day, then I guess that's what happens. Yeah, I you don't know? give a damn what they do with it. You know, here, man, you know, do what you got to do. I know a it's gift, hard out here. Yeah, a gift is not a gift if there's strings attached. Yeah. So when you give something, you give it with whatever. You know, whatever you spend it for is what you've chosen to spend it for. Yeah. So um, that's been my idea anyway. But I just couldn't believe that. I mean, I guess I can. I mean, because she's such a media whore. She's no different than Trump. You know, as Mm. far as standing up there and just blowing smoke everybody up everybody's butts. Yeah, I I keep getting the feeling that he's either going to name her vice, you know, with his vice president. Oh you know, God. running mate, oh. or it's going to be revealed later on that they, that, that they were actually having an affair, but they wouldn't, neither one of them actually considers it like that. Ah, hmm. oh, <laughs> that I wouldn't doubt, actually. <laughs> but I, I don't know, because he was standing behind her, and the look on his face when she nominated him was like, 
take me out of here, Calgon. Calgon. Yeah, take he me did away. have kind of a weird look on his face, like, damn, what the hell am I doing here? Shit. Get off the fucking stage. <laughs> With a smile on his face. Get off the fucking stage. <laughs> I wouldn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can't listen to this voice anymore. Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, it's time for us to go to break. So, do you want to take us away to break? Sure. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our education systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Stay with me and experience the glory of Plaid Sundays, two gigantic hours of grunge running from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern, here on Indie Media Weekly. Whether it's the distorted guitars or the emotive lyricism, few can deny the lasting influence of a genre that dressed down a generation. So turn it on and get inspired. It works for me, and I know that I'm not the only one. Plaid Sundays, only on Indie Media Weekly, Extraterrestrial Radio. All the power without the tower. Ciao. Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and be sure to listen to my music program, The Night Show. Every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. The Night Show. Features a broad selection of eclectic music from my personal library, as well as your requests. So be sure to visit IndieMediaWeekly.com and find the tab for The Night Show. Join the chat and submit your requests every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on The Night Show. Only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com for those who dare. Are you ready for the fastest hour in radio? Listen every Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern to Paul's Memory Bank exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. DJ Paul will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. Be sure to sign up in the Paul's Memory Bank chat. Simply go to IndieMediaWeekly.com, select the Live tab, and scroll down to Paul's Memory Bank. Paul's Memory Bank, live every Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern, only on Indie Media Weekly. Don't miss Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer. Topical comedy songs and commentary from your friendly local humorist, songwriter, and opinionated Jewish mother. You can catch the show right here on Indie Media Weekly on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m., Thursdays at 8 p.m., right after the Tim Cormall Show. You can catch my weekly comedy videos on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, and order CDs through most major retailers as well as my website, laurenmayer.com. So join us for Musical Mayhem, where music, politics, and comedy intersect. So new? Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Don't change that dial. If you do, I'll know. Like a sneaky ninja, I will know. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. Too busy giving tax handouts to large corporations or Republicans 
haven't been working for the middle class. And as a result, many families are still struggling to make ends meet. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. And I want to welcome our fantastic co-hosts for tonight. Well, always is, of course, Mr. Joey Word out of Nashville, Tennessee. The man so smooth he could have worked for Motown. Joey. (laughs) Howdy, folks. Hello, everyone. Chat room, everyone listening. Hello to you, Caitlin, and you, Janet, and the man behind the curtain, Jonathan Matthews. (laughs) <laughs> yes, indeed. Who cannot talk? And all the man Wizard of Oz. Yes, all the Wizard of Oz cannot put that man back together again right now. <laughs> and thank you, and welcome back, Caitlin Chris um, from Des Moines, Iowa. He Hi. says, "Bow behind before my might. I am the Wizard. Bow before my might." <laughs> I got a message from Jonathan. so welcome back caitlin from des moines hello everybody thank you again so much for coming on on such short notice and again we're hoping that next week the wizard has a voice (laughs) (laughs) and i think since it's uh 8 30 we're going to go right ahead on to don't know shit from applesauce. All I ask from you is a very simple answer to a very simple question. Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? But I will ask that everyone please behave. He's a lunatic, I'm telling you. Can I help you with that? Y'all don't know shit from applesauce. Okay, before break, I had promised that there was going to be a a homeless story, and I do want to bring that up. We had uh, a story, there's no audio for it. The Florida, naturally, banned blankets for the homeless. Can you believe this? They banned, what was the first thing that they banned? Um, The homeless weren't allowed to sleep out in the parks, I think it was. Mm. And... Didn't they have a ban? I can't remember exactly what it was before. But now they're banning the, that people cannot be give them blankets anymore. Or um, because there's charity groups that are going around giving blankets and socks out and stuff like that. But now there's ordinance that are coming out saying they can't use public restrooms. They can't wash their face they, or panhandle or camp. Camping, that's what I thought it was. And the last one says you can't um, protect themselves from elements. So, like, if you're laying around on a street in Florida, say Miami, with a blanket on, you're considered homeless. Whether you're Hmm. a resident or not, it's against the law. Yeah. Even giving homeless people blankets is forgiven or forbidden. There's been quite a big uh, outcry against that, but they went ahead and passed it anyway. And um, they've started a petition going against it, and they've had a 1,000 signatures opposing this. So 
you know, it's just a continuation of discrimination against the poor, number one, the I mentally mean, I, ill. I wonder how many Republicans passed that little law. Well, I think the whole state of Florida is Republican. <laughs> not, not the entire state. I mean, isn't there that expression of, you know, in Florida, the further north you go, the more south you get? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Northern Florida is, woo, yeah, Rick, full of them. But Rick Scott has no heart, in my opinion. And, he, uh, and he's governor. Yeah. And obviously they've got a lockdown on the gerrymandering um, with, like, Joe says the damn Republicans are all Christians, or like Joy says, hip Christians. Yep. <laughs> uh, and the mayor says, well, he's placing the blame on the council, but the memos came from him at his request. And he said that uh, there's enough shelter out there. No one's taking blankets away from the homeless. But the mayor was answering questions no one was asking, directing accusations no one had made. So nobody had made those, but he's coming right out and saying this stuff. And, you know, I mean, he's really calling himself out. Is this compassionate conservatism? Yes, yes. And how can you stop people from going into a bathroom or a public place and washing your face and hands? And how do you get somebody or help somebody... If you don't know they're homeless, or how can you, I just can't understand how you can go by and not give somebody a blanket. Yeah. But. And, 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 and you know, at least they're trying to, you know, uh, when they go into the bathrooms, at least they're practicing uh, good hygiene. Jesus Christ, man. Yes. You know. And can you imagine what that would feel like to be homeless? I mean. <laughs> And how awful you would feel. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. there's problems going on. No, I dignity. mean, God, no. you're taking away what little dignity they've got. Thank you. That's what they want yes. to do. That's what they want to do. And, and you know, and another, it's kind of like the Christ, the those uh, Republicans. You know, pretty much like Alan Grayson said, "Hurry up, get sick, and die." Mm-hmm. You know, if you're mm-hmm. going to get sick, you better hurry up and die. You know, I mean, it's like. God, although there's a lot of places now that are handing out coats. I mean, I don't think they can say, you you know, I don't know, like maybe they're like Trump now and they're going to say take away the coats. But I guess they're going to have to start handing out coats instead of blankets. I mean, I don't know. Or sleeping bags that work like coats because we had a story about that at the 1st of January, I think it was. Yeah. So um, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, this just made me so mad I couldn't even see straight. <sighs> well, we're, then, we're, we're, we're people who have hearts. You know, they don't, man. You know, like I said, they, these people, they claim to be Christians and and they're acting like devils to me. Oh, well, they acting are? like demons. They're a bunch of demons to me. <clears throat> what God do you worship? Because he don't worship, they, y'all don't worship the God I know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. And um, then we have a story of discrimination out of Virginia, I believe it is. And this this just floors me. It is Virginia. Requiring students strictly adhere to the designated restroom area assignments, 
or they're going to get risked being fined. And it requires students attending schools to use designated restrooms for the specific gender, their specific gender. And it re- uh, defines gender as anatomical sex or, you know, whatever the physical condition is, of whether they're male or female. Mm-hmm. And if they break the law, they get $50 per infraction. Now, there's no way to determine that. So now they're talking about using X-ray machines. Oh, no. Wow, <sighs> they freaking nuts. They are. And, um, yeah. And it's just an extension of that fear. If that ain't the invasion of privacy, I don't know what it is. That is a straight-up yeah, invasion of privacy. That, the fact that, that. This, this, this seems like they're off the you know, the people who propose this sort of legislation are awfully obsessed about sex. Aren't they? I think the Republicans are. They want limited government when it co- except when it comes to the bodies. They just, all they think about is people's bodies. You know, what do you have down there between your legs? And how can we control it? Mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, what are they thinking? And do you think that a teacher is going to do anything? All right, sex, physical characteristics, okay. (laughs) Gender, (laughs) orientation, okay, okay, Joe, you're right. right. (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. I'm just so, this story has me so flummoxed. But (laughs) as a teacher, or former teacher, I'm retired this year, my first year. Hallelujah. Um, but I can imagine, I cannot imagine following a student into a bathroom. You know, and you, can't, you don't do that. If you have somebody, even if you know, I mean, we've had, what about girls that dress like guys? So what, and they go to the girls' restroom. You don't stand there. What are they going to start mm-hmm. doing now? Are we going to go back to women having to wear girls having to wear skirts in schools? That doesn't really make a difference. I, I thought there's there have been a couple of times I thought I was dressed perfectly fine, you know, and it was perfectly obvious I was female, but I've been called sir at least twice during those times. Oh my God! I be no dog. <laughs> I be dog. <laughs> Well, and Joe says, and it's true, <laughs> my guess, some of those Republican me- men need to have an x-ray. And Nova said, snort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And, well, and Jonathan's posted, if anyone ever tries to check what's between Liam's leg, I won't be hosting this show any longer. I'll be in jail. I know that's right, brother. I know that's and, right. Teachers, okay, no. When you have a male student that's in a bathroom for, you know, any length of time and you think he's probably up to no good, you you go get another male teacher. Women are not going to go into the, the, women teachers aren't going to go into the men's bathroom and pull somebody out and say you're in the wrong bathroom or vice versa. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. But they're also, I think those people are also saying that, you know, the, if, you, if you're, you know, 
transgender, male or female, you have no business being in, you know, the other gender's restroom, but last I checked, those sorts of, you know, the bathroom is usually used for one thing and one thing only. You know, you're sort of answering the call of nature. Yeah. And as long as the bathrooms have doors on them. Yeah. You know, how how long do you go in the bathroom? I mean, my son liked to play in the bathroom, but... um, Um, if my sister says, I don't want to be the one who has to do the x-ray. Thank you. Unless I'm looking for gray matter. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, normally you go in, you use the bathroom, you wash your hands, and you're out of there. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't tell you half the time who was in the bathroom or how many people. I was a little more aware when I had kids that I drug in with me. But I drugged my son in with me until... You know, I thought he was old enough to make a lot of noise or something, and I'd stand outside the guy's bathroom as he got older. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to send a couple of men in for him because he always liked <laughs> to play in the bathrooms. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I know. I don't know. I don't know what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, kids will be kids. Yeah. Yeah, he just thought it, and he'd come out and he'd be wet from head to toe and just had, they got this. I'm like, <laughs> but thank goodness I always had guys that would kind of laugh and snicker and then bring him out. Is this the little blonde you were looking for? Yes, that's him. <laughs> okay. He's coming outside with a big grin on his face, huh? Yeah, so half the time, all over his face or in his hair and his hands. Of course, Joe, of course, Joe is like, he was 16, admit it, LOL. Ha, 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 snork, snork. She probably remembers some of those days, too, with that boy. Of course, she had a couple, too. She should admit it. Mm-hmm. We could tell some stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyway, between the two, if we had seven of them, yeah, mm. try dragging them together and having a good time. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so the next one, I, this is another one that doesn't have an audio, but I don't think we really need the audio. <laughs> and it's kind of old, but I still want to talk about it. Just because, again, it's more discrimination and it adds on to the discrimination. We all remember good old Ann Coulter. (coughs) She decided, oh, we do have audio for this one, that Nikki Haley needs to be deported. Can we hear the audio for this? We as Republicans need to own that truth. We need to recognize our contributions to the erosion of the public trust in America's leadership. We need to accept that we've played a role in how and why our government is broken. And then we need to fix it. The foundation that has made America that last best hope on earth hasn't gone anywhere. It still exists. It's up to us to return to it. For me, that starts right where it always has. I am the proud daughter of Indian immigrants 
who reminded my brothers, my sister, and me every day how blessed we were to live in this country. Growing up in the rural South, my family didn't look like our neighbors, and we didn't have much. There were times that were tough, but we had each other, and we had the opportunity to do anything, to be anything, as long as we were willing to work for it. My story is really not much different from millions of other Americans. Immigrants have been coming to our shores for generations to live the dream that is America. They wanted better for their children than for themselves. That remains the dream of all of us. And in this country, we have seen time and again that that dream is achievable. Today, we live in a time of threats like few others in recent memory. During anxious times, it can be tempting to follow the siren call of the angriest voices. We must resist that temptation. No one who is willing to work hard, abide by our laws, and love our traditions should ever feel unwelcome in this country. Hey, Nikki Haley, I am not a Republican. I wouldn't support her. But I thought that was something sane, the Republican said. Yeah, she she sounded pretty, you know, reasonable. (laughs) Yeah. It's more positive than something Trump or Republicans would say. Yeah, you know, she won't sound like, uh, we need to deport them all. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill your kids. They're going to, you know, she came out talking some sense. Yeah, and she was the one that took down the flag. Well, Ann Coulter, who is a Republican, uh, I don't know what we want to uh, call her, Wicked Witch of the West or the East? one evil, evil, <laughs> evil woman, you know. Get she is, she is, please. oh my God. And and what, what I what I hate is is she she's good friends with Bill Maher, and I'm like, dude, why, why are you friends with that thing, you know? And well, I he, like him. You know, I kind of like I him. Do, I used to, but he's become such a Muslim basher. Yeah, and, yeah the Muslim bashing gets to me, too. I, I just pretty much wash my hands of him, you know, because yeah. he's he's doing the same thing the right wing is doing. And when you, you make comments like that, you hurt people, you know, mm-hmm. physically. They can be hurt and killed. And I, I just, I no longer find it funny, but... Anyway, Ann Coulter has decided that Nikki Haley needs to be deported. However, where is she going to get deported to since she's a citizen of the United States? I don't, I don't think born, these people... born in the U.S. Yeah. That's kind, of, that's kind of like with me, you know, if they decide they want to deport me, it's like, where do you want, where do you want to deport me to? I was born in Wisconsin. Exactly. I mean, how far back are they going to go with this immigration thing? Like with you or like with Nikki Haley, who was born in India. Well, her parents were born in India. So you and Nikki Haley would then be considered um, the anchor babies, right? What they call anchor babies. but But like I said, I think the last time I was on, my mother got her U.S. citizenship when I was 14. Oh, okay. She's illegal. She's legally, you know, she came here legally. She, you know, I was, and I was born, you know, shortly after they got here. And yeah, she, 
she has her U.S. citizenship that she she was naturalized for. She took okay. the test and went through all the paperwork and the process and everything. I was 14 at the time. But you were still born. I've only ever had one citizen. Yeah, exactly. I've only had one, you know, I've only been citizen of one country. If they decide to revoke it, where am I going to go? Exactly. And that's what my like question with, is with Nikki Haley. Right. Because her parents, I think they were born in India. Right. right? And I think so it's the born, same I think thing. born here. Right. So that was the same thing that it made me think of you. Mm. You know, when you were on before that, when you were on before. Because it's like, where do they think that people are going to go? Second generation citizens are going to go. Yeah, I remember back in the 90s, uh, it was quite a where the late 80s and early 90s, there's a whole lot of racist people telling black people to go back to Africa. I don't know a damn thing about Africa. and, and, And if I do go there, I probably won't be accepted by a whole lot of people over there by color anyway. You know, so I don't know a thing about Africa, you know. Exactly. I don't even know what tribe my people came from. You know, everything was stolen from my people, from, you know, from the people here, you know, that was kidnapped and brought here. You know, I I don't even know what tribe my people came from. So how the hell I'm going to go back to Africa? I don't even know nothing about Africa. And, you know, I'm staying right here. (laughs) See, I think we ought to be able to do that to cruise, though. (laughs) (laughs) i just i just don't think these people you know they want to whiten up and they're trying to think of every way they can to keep power because they want to whiten up the country you know well times is changing and uh these people are not gonna win yeah and like jonathan said yeah let let Teddy go back to Cuba and mm. experience real fascism mm-hmm. because there is schadenfreude on that side and he may not be a citizen or a natural citizen. There's a whole lot coming out about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was going to yeah, this also goes back to what I tend to say a lot when, when after I've heard, listened to somebody like, oh, you know, Ann Coulter, Sarah Palin, Rush Limbaugh. Do these people even listen to themselves? Yeah. And the answer is obviously no, because if they did, they'd know they don't, they'd, they're unintelligible. They, right. They just playing to the base that, that racist, bigot, uh, uh, uninformed, dumbass. You know, backwoods type people, no no shit, don't read, let let other people think for them type folk, you know. That's who they playing to, and people playing into it, you know. Yeah, hell yeah, she's right, you know. But I that's think all. back, it, that's true, but it's like, they, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. I mean, you know, it's like they want to go back into the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. When they had absolute, total, 100% control. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by they is old white men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christian <Yeah>. old <laughs> white men. <laughs> Good Christians. Them old men. <laughs> yeah. 
Go hang a brother from a tree and go to church the next day. Yeah, okay. Yeah, those old guys. Yeah. And that's what they're wanting. And it's just not going to be that way. Women um, are not going to get put back in their little places. Oh, no. There's too many strong ones out there. <laughs> uh, we're not going right. back. Then, oh, no, we're not going back at all. <laughs> then yeah, you, you have heard... immigrants. Please. All right. Caitlin can vote. She's an immigrant. Nikki Haley, obviously, she's held office. She can vote, which I have no idea why she's in the Republican Party when they trash talk immigrants. What the heck are they thinking? Yeah, I guess, but I, you know, I think that the tide is going to turn and this party is going to be gone, you know, and that's going to be sad too, because we need a two party system in the United States. Balance out things, you know, need to balance out things and make things right again, because you know the Bush administration. Well, you know I'm gonna tell you, it, it happened from 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 the Reagan administration on up. It just fucked this country up. Yeah, yeah. But on the same hand, I am not gonna feel bad um, after their trash for 40 years wandering in the desert, and we take control, and then they can get some little squeaky party together, and then we'll talk to them. We'll treat them better than they did us. How's that? Oh yeah. Yeah, because we got hearts. We got hearts. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> but the first thing I would do if I were president is send Ted somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell y'all. y'all you know, they, they think Barack Obama, the, black, the first black president, they think he's bad. Just, just let me be president. Oh, my God. Cuba. <laughs> I'm oh, going to send him to Cuba. Shoot, Wouldn't that be cool? The Castro. My dad <laughs> my dad used to fight for you, and now he calls you people trash. <laughs> <laughs> and can we, get, can, we get, can we send Marco Rubio a tanker truck full of water? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that man has su- a dry mouth problem like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> they have medicine for that, too. <laughs> I mean... Good. You know, lemon drops. Just use some lemon drops. I mean, seriously, yeah. guide. God. <laughs> well, wow. we're going to have to go to break. We're going to come back on our final hour, and we have a hodgepodge of leftovers that we just had so many stories we couldn't get to. And since Caitlin's here, we won't be doing Southern Hospitality. We're just going to whiz through some of these stories. So let's go ahead and head to break and... We'll hit stories when we get back. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. If somewhere within the Bible I were to find a passage that said 2 plus 2 equals 5, I wouldn't question what I'm reading in the Bible. I would believe it, accept it as true, and then do my best to work it out and to understand it. That just makes no fucking sense. I mean, it's just bullshit. Fuck. Oh, my. My, my. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Somebody asked me the other day, they was like, who is the Coke Brothers? How come you don't like them? Well, uh, 
Some people get erections are buying up elections. There be no protection to guarantee your selection. They made an investment, so voters they suppressing. Plus a million commercials confusing the message. People say, what is this? But politics is business. Poor and middle class are on the bottom of the shit list. Rich get a wish list. Poor don't get no Christmas. Middle class is dismissed. I guess you must have missed this. Guess you must have tuned out. Now it's time to tune in. If you don't pay attention, won't know what they be doing. How much shit they ruin. Riches they pursuing. They think it's a shoe in. But who they think they fooling? We can see you drooling. Pretty like no other. No longer undercover. Here come the Coke brothers. Everybody watch out. Our time is about to clock out. They won't go the distance cause they looking for the knockout. Freedom ain't never been free. Freedom ain't never been free. Where's democracy? Freedom ain't never been free. Freedom ain't never been free. Hypocrisy. Freedom ain't never been free. Freedom ain't never been free. Democracy. Freedom ain't never been free. Freedom ain't never been free. It's R.I.P. As a result of the disastrous Citizens United Supreme Court decision, billionaires and large corporations can now spend an unlimited amount of money to influence the political process. The results of that decision are clear. In the coming months and years, the Koch brothers and other extraordinarily wealthy families will spend billions of dollars to elect right-wing candidates to the Senate, the House, governor's mansions, and the presidency of the United States. These billionaires already own much of our economy. That apparently is not enough. Now they want to own the United States government as well. And that's in the words of Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Don't change that dial. If you do, I'll know. Like a sneaky ninja, I will know. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Well, welcome back. And uh, welcome Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee. Hello. Caitlin Chris from Des Moines, Iowa. Hi, all. And Jonathan behind the boards, the wizard, <laughs> who has a no voice issue tonight. So I, Janet Benderson um, from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri, is taking his spot <laughs> this week. You are <laughs> in my control. <laughs> and john arthur kendall from missoula montana is off so y'all got us (laughs) 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 thank you jonathan (laughs) 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 we're going to start out with a little audio we have so many stories that we are just backlogged on. I think I counted like 15. Um, And we're not going to have time for them, obviously. But we do have an audio 
It's audio I, and it's, oh, Jebby, no, no, silly boy. <laughs> Would you play I? All right, I want to get your reaction to that, but it seems those kinds of attacks that in almost every speech he refers to you, they seem to be having an impact. Well, Wolf, look, he's not going to win the presidency by tearing me down or tearing women down or tearing the disabled down, more importantly, or calling John McCain uh, a loser because he was a POW uh, or, or tearing Hispanics down. That's not how you win. That's how you lose. We need to have an uplifting message applying conservative uh, ideas in the right way. And that's what I'm prepared to do. Look, Trump's an entertainer. He's not going to be commander-in-chief or leader of the free world. He's not, he's not going to lead us to a, a safer and secure and freer America. Uh, and so I'm going to stay the course. The reason why he attacks me is he's scared of me. He's insecure. He doesn't believe that, uh, that uh, he can take me on. And while I'm doing worse than him in the polls, the simple fact is, why would he spend his time tearing down someone who's so low compared to him? This is, this is because we're moving up. And I believe that he believes that we're the, we're the real challenge for his winning the nomination. And the tragedy of this is we have a Democratic nominee, likely nominee, who's under investigation by the FBI. The only chance that she could become president is if we nominate a guy like Trump. You've said uh, that Donald Trump, and I'm quoting you now, is uh, he's a junkyard dog, that's for sure. I seem to be the focus of most of his attacks. Then you, you said at one point, just one thing, I need to get off my chest. Donald Trump is a jerk. Uh, so you've said you, Donald Trump is insulting his way to the president, uh, presidency, but it sounds like yeah. you're insulting him as well. Hey, did you just hear the, the in our interview, you just, just went through about a minute long diatribe. Is that, uh, is that a junkyard dog or what? Look, this is politics. It's not beanbag. I totally get it. And uh, the simple fact is people are hurting in this country. The main reason why I believe that he's the wrong candidate isn't that he attacks me. It's that he attacks women, Hispanics, the disabled. Across the board, he finds uh, ways to tear people down to make himself look like the strong man. <laughs> what do you think about that, Caitlin? <clears throat> the moment he said stay the course, my first thought was what? Is his brother running for a third term? <laughs> I, what do you think, Joey? Well, uh, well, you know, old Jebby, he, he, he had a point. He had a good point because that's all Donald Trump do is insults and brag about himself. And I, I, I have, you know, these Republican debates, I, I, I've been seeing like clips and stuff. I'm like, what are these people talking about? Only thing they do is insulting one another. Then they talk about Hillary. Then they yeah. talk about the president. And what, what, what are you going to do about, uh, the, you know, the economy in this country? What are you going to do about the veterans? What are you going to do about the foreign policy? What's going on? What are you gonna do? I, I don't. I, you know, I don't get these people. I really don't. I know what they're gonna do with the veterans. They're gonna make more of them. That's all they want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, like, when you listen to his voice, does didn't he remind you of a child? Like, you know, like when your kid is lying, and you know they're lying, and they know that you know they're lying. And they're standing there hoping to God that they can get by with it just this once. 
You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) It it has that same kind of a a, a stuttery type thing, you know, where you're trying your really darndest to get someone to believe you, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's what it reminds me of. You know, one of the... That that guy, you know, the reason... I don't know why the media and uh, everybody's giving... Donald Trump this much attention, you know. I, I don't look look at the way he look 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 how he talk, you know. So look, he just just all the only thing he do is insult people and brag about how much he got, you know. That that sounds like the neighborhood uh, the, the neighborhood drug dealer to me. <laughs> you, know? you know, I got this, I got all oh, you ain't got shit, you know what I mean? I got this, I got Joey, you know. He, he a mm-hmm. pimp? Is he a pimp? I don't know what the hell he is. <laughs> well, well he's not wife. good for the presidency. He's not good for the pre- He would, you, t- you man, you think Bush did a bad job? Oh man, if that guy get in office, we are all in trouble. I Everybody's in trouble. Catcher. The people who voted for him are in trouble. Yeah, I wouldn't trust him for dog catcher. Oh no. Uh uh-uh. uh uh uh. <laughs> You know, and then even with his Trump with his wife, and another thing too, Bush is staying a Republican, even though his wife was is from Mexico. I think mm-hmm. Trump has his wife from Serbia. I think. What is this immigration? These guys—they're just playing to their base, playing to them. These these uh. Morans. <laughs> yeah, but if they're going to trash Im- immigrants, is it going to be because it's dark-skinned? Like, Jeb Bush's wife is Mexican, which makes her in the browner hues. Yeah, she's brown. Yeah, she's yeah, straight but, up brown. But some, but some Mexicans and Hispanics can pass for white. That's mm-hmm. true. And, and that's what some of them have been doing. They've been, they've been checking off white on their, um, on their, on their census forms. Because no, they're they're not brown; they're white, and they vote and, and they vote Republican because they're white. Hmm. And you know what? Y'all may not believe this too. Is you know uh, Nikki Haley? She's uh, she's Indian descent, right? Right. A whole lot mm-hmm. of them don't. A whole lot of them consider themselves as white. I thought Jindal does. Yeah, yeah, they consider they sh- themselves as white. You know, and, and a whole lot of them just as dark as I am. Well, and it's, you know, and it's a fake construct anyway, really, races, in a sense. I mean, you could have arms, everybody could put their arms out, and we would have different tones all the way from pale, pale to dark, dark. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, would it be like hair coloring? We'd have to start numbering? <laughs> I mean, it's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I just think it's it's just so ballsy for Trump to be married to his third wife, or some say four, but I, I only know of three. And she's like, what, 40 years younger than him? And she used to pose naked, and he had people in the crowds going, we can't wait for you to come in and bring class in. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's class? <laughs> 
Yeah, this is the same man who says he'd date his daughter if she wasn't his daughter. Oh, I forgot about oh, that. Oh, yeah, Good I point. forgot all about that. Oh, sick bastard. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, That's they all sick, have dude. the sex thing. And they said Democrats were bad with the sex. Jesus. I swear. At least we aren't out there dating cousins. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and daughters and who knows. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. This next story comes from um, Alabama. So, this just makes me sick. There's a town called, um, let's see, where is it at? Oxford, Alabama. And they have approved the destruction of a 1,500-year-old Native American ceremonial mound. And are going to use the dirt to fill in for a new Sam's Club. Can you freaking believe oh, this? Oh man! <sighs> and I started. I started to get a membership card from them too. I'm not now. I'm not <sighs> going to support them after this. No freaking way, man! And they know it. The University of Alabama archaeology report was commissioned by the city. They found the site was historically significant as the largest of several ancient stone and earthen mounds throughout, I have no way how to pronounce this, Coco, Lococo Valley. <laughs> A lot of C's and O's in there. Um, and the mayor, Leon Smith, whose campaign has financial connections to the firms involved in the $2.6 million no-bid project. Of course. It yeah. Insists the mound is not man-made and was only used to send smoke signals. <laughs> is that a little, um, what do they call that? When, um, dog whistle, little dog whistle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's and sacred this- ground. That is sacred ground for, for Native Americans, man. You don't do yep. nothing like that. That's real sacred grounds. Yeah, that's something you do not do. Mm -hmm. No. Oh, my gosh, no. And um, then they went ahead and got somebody else to do a review, naturally. And they said it didn't meet the result of a natural register and that it was probably a natural phenomenon, according to the news release by Smith, this mayor. But the report doesn't conclude that the mound is a result of a natural phenomenon, but says it's very clearly of cultural origin. And while the University Office of Archaeology Research does not believe the site qualifies for natural national register, um, it does disagree, noting the structure meets at least three of the cr- criteria for inclusions. Its association with a broad pattern of history Architecture embodying the distinctive characteristics and information it might yield to scholars. And it is significant to Native Americans. The woodland and Mississippian cultures inhabited that in the southeast and Midwest before the Europeans arrived. They constructed these and used them for various rituals that included funerals. And, of course, there's concerns that there might be uh, burial remains there 
So, of course, it's going to be burial remains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's going to be. These people are, oh man, these corporate type people, man. It's all about yeah. money. Money is their God. Money is yeah. their God. Man. And like Joe said, who the hell owns a national registry? You know, it's not Native Americans, it's not Native. That's for sure. So, the South and the Eastern tribes, United South and Eastern tribes, it's a coalition of 25 federally recognized tribes from Maine to Texas, passed a resolution calling for preservation of the structures, which call them, they call them prayers in stone. <clears throat> They've held protests against the mound's demolition, and last week someone altered a sign for the Leon Smith Parkway that runs the development to read Indian Mound Parkway. A local resident said that um, says how his Native American grandma taught him that when he she died, he could go to that mountain to talk to her. It seems like it's taking part of you away, he said. I always felt I had ties to that. Can you believe this? Mm. And um, since the media began, began reporting about the site's demolition, the um, officials had revised their story, and they're now claiming that the dirt from the mound is not being used as foil, despite saying that earlier. But eyewitnesses have seen the workers hauling dirt away from the mound to the Sam's Club's development. There's giant trucks delivering earth straight from the mound to the construction site, and I still cannot believe or I'm seeing what I'm seeing. And that was by um, a seventh-generation Alabamian, um, deep-fried kadoos. She showed roads for the construction and everything that was going on. However, Smith says the new um, Walmart is going to be a lot prettier in that dirty old, um, big old Indian mound. Mm. Yeah, that's what he said. <clears throat> so... Um, the controversy is how the contracting's been handled. The force behind the project is Oxford's Commercial Development Authority, a public board that uses taxpayer money to lure businesses. And they own the land where the mound is located. And, of course, they didn't get bids, which means the contracts can go to whoever they choose. And a recent investigation about the CDA revealed other things that the group has awarded nearly $9 million in contracts since '94, but have not taken one single bid. Can you believe that? $9 million in awards of taxpayer money without a single bid. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Gross and disgusting. This is disturbing. It really is. And then it's the report, the newspaper uh, detailed the ties between the CDA and the firms that do the business with and Smith's political campaign. The $2.6 million contract for preparing Sam's Club went to the Oxford-based Taylor Group with money that was coming from the sale of city property to Georgia-based developers Abernathy and Timberlake, owner of Tommy Taylor, who's received thousands of dollars in city contracts for non-CDA work, who has been donating to Smith in 2004, 2008, 
And while Abernathy and Timberlake donated a thousand to Smith's re-election campaign, the paper reports um, that CDA paid engineers from Goodwin Mills and Castaway of Montgomery, Alabama, forty-five thousand dollars. An Alabama Ethics Commission official said the relationship could violate state law depending on facts, but the mayor said he's done nothing wrong. And meanwhile, a controversy over the damaged mound fate rages on. After getting an earful from alarmed preservationists, Alabama Governor Bob Riley, Republican, forwarded their concerns to the State Historical Commission. But he said his office has no intention of getting involved. And according to the National Institute on Money and State Parks, Tommy Taylor contributed 1000 to Riley's gubernatorial campaign. I mean, everybody's got their hands in everybody's pockets. And it appears they're going to go ahead and press on with the projects. Beside, whatever it is, it's going to be, more, it's going to be prettier than what it is today. Prettier mm. is Eye of the Beholder. Yeah. (laughs) And like Nova said, and um, I was always taught, and Joe, from our grandma, you don't do stuff like that on sacred lands or you're going to have something really bad happen to you. Oh, yeah. It's going to be. I I know that sounds superstitious, but. but It normally happens. Yeah. You know. I mean. I you know I di- I didn't feel comfortable saying it myself but yeah the you don't do that on sacred ground you <clears throat> no that is a major are you kidding me yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I just oh my god when I read that I could not believe what I was reading ah. Oh. These people won't stop, man. They won't stop. No. I mean, in this. Money is the, like they always say, money is the root of all evil. And again, it's a discrimination Mm -hmm. for natives and the customs of the natives. And. And it's a racism. Yes, it's 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 uh, racism. No, erasure, I mean, it, as in they're, they're trying to pretend like it never—it was never there. Ah, I hear. Yes. Oh, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Like Latimer and the Native Americans and, um, yeah. I wonder, if, is it a petition or anything? Yeah, they said they have a thousand is so far um, in just a few days after they heard about this. Okay. But it does sound like they're going to go ahead, and by the time they... And they're taking the mound just for fill dirt. It's it's not like they're even going to build on that site. They're just leveling it. Yeah, Probably going to put a parking st- lot. Yeah, like I said, it's it's erasure. They're, they're, they're acting like, you know, it's they're, they're just going to make it like it was never there. When, when they've been around... When that thing has been around longer than Walmart has... Well, and like Joe said, Walmart money goes out of the country. They just want payoffs for their next campaign. Yeah. You know, because Smith and the governor were obviously getting money from all these contracts. And I don't know how you can spend $9 million 
on federal or county and state funds without there being any disclosure. Obviously, it's being done and it's being done. I just, that just drives me crazy. Bunch of crooks. We have a bunch of crooks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have about four minutes to break, so we are mm-hmm. going to move to Ankeny. <coughs> Unless anybody had anything else to add. Nope. It isn't Ankeny, it was Des Moines. I'm sorry. In Des Moines, oh my God, this one on so many levels pissed me off. <laughs> The Wicked Witch Stole the Children. (laughs) Can you imagine who I'm getting ready to talk about? It's Jonathan's favorite. (laughs) It's Carly. Carly. Yes, Miss Carly came into Des Moines. Huh? Demon Sheep Fearina. Demon Sheep, yes. Yes, Miss Carly came into Des Moines, and she wanted to do campaigning, but apparently there was nobody there to listen to her. (laughs) So, I mean, that's the truth. She had 15 people for a campaign spot. So, So, she came up with this bright idea. Oh, sorry, Jonathan said that's not true. I love Carly Fiorina in the same way I love gaping sores. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, she didn't have enough people, and there was going to be televisions there, and of course she want more than 15 people. You know, Bush has been having this problem, and of course Trump's hired people to come in, and well, anyway, she goes and commentators a party of school children visiting Iowa's botanical gardens to be a part of her backdrop for a speech on abortion. She took these preschoolers who were on this botanical garden trip to an anti-abortion rally. Seriously. Oh, my God. Yes. So she wanted to, uh, she was campaigning across the campaign The ambush occurred when she hosted a Right to Life forum at the Greater Des Moines Botanical Garden. And she entered the rally. I'm sorry, there were 60 people. So she took, oh, that includes the kids that she took, sorry. Um, (laughs) But the children were really angry because, number one, they hadn't given Fiorina permission to take their kids or to sit with her or to sit with her in front of a huge banner bearing the inner image of unborn fetuses Mm. while she talked about harvesting organs of babies. The kids went there to see plants, said Chris Beck, the father of four-year-old Chatham, one of the children Carly appeared with. She ambushed my son's field trip. And she made the abortion the central plank of her campaign, seizing on the videos distributed by the anti-abortion group that, of course, we now know was all fake, which we knew anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's all been disputed. Beck lives in Ankeny. That's where I got Ankeny. North of Des Moines said he didn't get asked if she could interact with his kids or whether she could take him into the rally. 
The first that he knew about it was when the child care provider told him the children had encountered the candidate at the garden. Now, this teacher and the aide, I think, are probably going to be in some deep doo-doo if parents complain. I would hope so, anyway. Me too. Because they weren't told about this. They, they, when you sign a, a permission slip to take kids, you are specific about where you're going to go with them, what you're going to do, right on down to what you're having for lunch, and how much it's going to cost when you leave, when you come back. So if a parent you know, needs their kid or whatever, they can come and get the kid, basically. They have the right to know where their kid is at all times. Well, he didn't. Um, so he was thought that that was the pro-abortion discussion was poor taste and judgment. I don't want my four-year-old in that forum. He can't understand that stuff. He likes dinosaurs, teenage ninja turtles, and transformers. <laughs> yeah. And during yep. the rally, an anti-abortion activist was carrying a scale model of a four-month-old fetus. And he joined the arena at the front of the room and said, this is the face of abortion to the kids. Yeah. And the <clears> spokesman <throat> said, we were happy the children chose to come to the event. But that isn't what had happened. And she had hosted an 830 event um, in a town about 40 miles west of Des Moines. And there were less than 40 people out there. Well, there was 15 people, and then there was 40 people, I guess, on the outside. Um, and they f- had a banner sign, uh, the 15, saying, take our life back. But a lot of other people had gone to the other side of the room. But um, she was polling at 1.5%. So she's way under the margin of error, too. She's getting kicked by margin of error. Mm. So they think that when she went into Des Moines, she wanted to have some good pictures. Yeah. That's child abuse, in my opinion. Oh, I think so, too. It's kidnapping. <laughs> it is kidnapping. It is kidnapping. Yeah. And kids, um, the kids wanted to they want that. They wanted to go on a field trip, have some fun. You know, and just kidnap them kids for this crap. About well, abortion? And, yeah, and the parents, uh, they said almost, you know, there was a lot of them um, that said, send me out of Iowa with the wind at my back, Carly said time and again, every time she stopped somewhere. And they said that her crowds ranged from 15 to 60. I mean, and that's not much. Of course, at 1.5, it's, you know, she probably commandeered the people that had to sit and listen to her, too. If you're going into restaurants and stuff. Um, anyway, then, um, she did alienate, uh, this one gal that said, I don't know enough about her to support her, Beck told, said of the woman who introduced his son to the idea of terminating a pregnancy, but after today, she's not. What possessed that teacher to allow her to hijack the kids? Those pictures were taken out without permissions. And you, parents, schools have parents sign forms to give them permission to take a picture and make it public. Yeah. We had to. 
if those kids did not have parent consent to make their pictures public, there was a whole list of things you could not do with those pictures. They have the right, the parents have the right to say what can be published in books, Mm -hmm. you know, like your different things. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm late for break. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. We're late for break. We'll finish talking about this later. Take us away, Jonathan. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores. We obey the laws. We pay our taxes. We fly our flags on holidays. And we plot along trying to make it better for ourselves and our children. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Light out everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. everybody, Kim Williams here, proprietor of IndieMediaWeekly.com and IndieMediaWeekly Radio. We invite you to check out Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice, a Facebook community that many of us are a part of here at Indie Media Weekly. Many of our contributors and listeners are as well. So if you're a fan of Facebook, you should check out Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice and join us. We are ready to fight, and we hope you are too. And we hope to see you there. Just search for Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice anytime you're on Facebook. Walk with me, Michael S. Sharball, through the broken doorway, where you will discover the freshest in pop, rock, psychedelic, ambient, and experimental musics. 11 a.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays, and only on IndieMediaWeekly.com. Listen to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern for three hours of news, opinion, and laughs. This is what comedian and talk show host John Fugelsang has to say about Turn Up the Night. You guys really walk a good line of having it be really collegial and really having a a, a show that, you know, blends the uh, intelligence with the irreverence, which is the hardest balance to pull off. Still not convinced you should listen to Turn Up the Night? Well, listen to what legendary writer, actor, and comedian Rick Overton has to say. I just don't think we can use the mainstream news for much anymore. I'm, I'd much rather go to you than to CNN for anything. You know, I would trust what my friends have to say more. Well, who can argue with that? Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. Declare your independence and reject corporate media. This is Indie Media Weekly, your number one source for independent media. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on Earth is strangely... 
not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Wow. We're on our last segment. Um, That went by pretty quick. I know. I know. (laughs) I think we'll do an... This story kind of goes along. There's a lot of sex and Republican stories. I mean, I'm just quite... I can't help it. That's they that they want body story, parts. That that last story it, it it goes to show how 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 desperate and 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 evil a whole lot of Republican politicians can be. I would be livid, livid. I would probably um, I would be after that teacher. And there would be a superintendent, a meeting with the superintendent. I might even go to the school board over that one. Mm-hmm. And like Adam said, you know, I, I know there's citizen arrests. But um, like Adam said, Miss Fiorina, you're under arrest for kidnapping. And really, that's what she did. But she did it with permission of the teacher. You know, I don't understand the teacher doing that. What kind of teacher does that? That teacher was probably a supporter. He's probably <sighs> a supporter of hers. Uh, Jonathan, would you add Caitlin back in? Yeah, I did. Well, and the thing is, I would have been terrified. Mm-hmm. I got pissed. people that got mad at me because they'd want to take pictures of my kids in my room. And I was like, you can't do that. You get a hold of uh, parents. You talk to the superintendent and stuff mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah i wonder if Fiorina did i wonder if Fiorina did this without the even without the teacher's permission oh that could be like maybe um she just started pushing the kids in there or came in where the kids were at the room yeah or or had like some of her people you know shepherd the kids into the room yeah, because it did say that they did uh, shepherd the kids or move the kids into the room she was having her talk in. And why do you need little preschoolers? What kind, What underneath a picture of a fetus? Photo op. Yeah. This one really backfired on her, I think. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, too. You know, it's kind of like my kids in that crowd. I've been pissed. I've been super pissed. If I was that teacher, I'd be scared to death to go back to the school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) At the very least, that teacher needs needs to issue an apology. Well, of course, with special ed, I was under federal law. And I would be worried about a lawsuit. Non-compliance. I I don't even know if I'd have had enough insurance to cover all that. I would have been shaking on my knees all the way back. Yikes! <laughs> now we have another sex story. Which this one we got lots of sex stories. I'm not sure which one. I think we're going to go with another Republican sniffs the dust. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what kind of dust do you think we're talking about here? <laughs> Joey? PCP? 
Uh, Columbia cocaine? Cuckoo Dust? Yeah. <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> cocaine, hell of a which drug. Preacher, which, which preacher is the one that says that all the time? Is that cocaine. a boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka? Boom shakalaka, boom. All right. It's kind of insider. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, Trey Riddell, remember him? I wish I didn't. <laughs> yes. Trey Riddell, he's in trouble again. Poor Riddell. Now, didn't he get in trouble with having sex with somebody that wasn't his wife? Then he gets forgiven because he's a Republican and they can do whatever they damn well want. Well, now he got arrested Friday because he was snorting coke. And he couldn't pass a piss test. So, turns out that Representative Trey Riddell was a major proponent of the Republican legislation that's been going around to make all food stamp recipients submit to drug testing before receiving assistance. Hmm. And I think that most people getting food stamps are white, and apparently they're also in Congress. The proposal for these food stamps uh, was that you had to urinate in a cup to prove they're not on drugs. But after he backed it, he got busted on a charge of cocaine. So it comes on, and Minority Leader Pelosi said it comes on the heels of Republicans voting on everyone who had um, access to food stamps to get drug tested. She said, it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) The House had approved this amendment back from a guy in North Carolina, Republican Hudson, and then allowed the states to decide whether or not to do it. The amendment passed by vote, voice votes. There wasn't any record. But Riddell voted to even further reaching legislation that allowed for broader food stamp restrictions, including Hudson's measure. But they were ineffective and a waste of time. So back in 2012, uh, the Democrat from Massachusetts asked why recipients of crop insurance and other government benefits haven't also been targeted. And why don't we test members of Congress? Force everybody to go urinate in a cup and see what everybody's on drugs. Maybe that would explain why some of these amendments are coming up or why some of these votes are taken the way they are. In fact, the majority of Americans support such a measure. I think it's pretty bad when the majority of Americans now want Congress to piss in a cup. What do you all think? I'd rather for them to do it. I think it's funny. As today, I have to pee in the cup when I go see my, uh, uh, my, my doctor at the pain clinic. Yeah. Every time, I have to pee in the cup. Yeah, if, I mean, I even, if, if, if I even have alcohol in my system, they would discharge me. Well, you know, I'm not an alcohol drinker, so, you know, well, I used to be, but it's, you know, it's, you know, it's principle, you know, dang. Why do I have to pee in this cup? I understand that they're giving me controlled substance for my pain, but, you know, I'm using it for pain, nothing else. I'm not abusing it. 
Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, too, that it has to do with how your organs are and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I know when I went to the pain clinic and got shots up my back, they took mine. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And I think that's just to make sure that your liver's not... Oh, my liver's yeah. fine, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have to check it, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I don't mind them doing that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm true. If they find yeah, something, you know, they can take care of it right quick. Yep. Yep. Um, I just, What do you think, Caitlin? I mean... Yeah, given the fact that most of, most of the people, you know, on assistance are typically, you know, not abusing drugs, they're wasting taxpayers' money. It's that same taxpayers' money that they're screaming that, you know, state, state and federal government employees are wasting. Yeah. Well, who's passing all this crap? Yeah. That's, that's why I say we need to get out there and vote these local elections to get them, these type people out of office and making these crazy laws. Right. Snork says, Congress or Pi start wanting women to do it every day and pay for their own postage. Don't give them any ideas, Snork. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with her. <laughs> if they can do it, they will. Yeah. I mean, they want to, a lot of them want to take away the women's right to vote, too, so. Yeah. And. Now, well, they already shit on the 1965 Voting Rights, Voting Rights Act. Trying to we'll need to get that back, you know. They shit all over, it. and there's a black man as a darn one of the justices. Now, how ironic oh, is that? I, yeah. Oh yeah. And we aren't even going to have time to get to Reverend Barber, and that. I mean, we will pretty soon. That that's coming. But oh yeah. We had so many of these other stories that I wanted to get through these, mm-hmm. or at least a few of them. So I think we're going to do one more um, sex one, and then we'll go on to environment. But this has to do with uh, Abbott of Texas. Oh, God. All these nutcases coming out of Texas. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I know. And you know what he's done? In order to go after Planned Parenthood, he has now decided to remove HI prevention funding. That is done through Planned Parenthood. Can you huh? freaking believe this? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. I, I, wish I, am... I wish I could say no, but I, I wouldn't put anything past Abbott considering that man, that man hates women. I just can't. That, I, I Obviously, he does. I wonder who broke his little heart. And it's obviously little, about the size of a walnut. Probably but, not that big. Probably the size of a raisin. Yeah, it said that... Grain of sand. This, <laughs> it, the GOP is willing to choose political points over the well-being of Texans. And they're going to do it by pulling even more funding from Planned Parenthood. And this time, in the form of a grant that's allowed Planned Parenthood of the Gulf Coast to provide HI testing and prevention services since 1988. 
within the last 10 days, Planned Parenthood was notified that uh, the funding would not be renewed after December 31st. Can you believe this? It's removing the participation of a trusted, qualified provider. The department has all but guaranteed more cases of HIV will go undetected, increasing infection and mortality rates related to the virus. It's still a threat in Texas, and Harris County is no exception. The legislative report of the state interagency council for HIV and hepatitis recommended expanding existing programs in order to better work toward HIV prevention in Texas. Yeah, well, I, you know what a lot of a lot of the um, people on in Abbott's party and you know who think like him think that people with HIV deserve what they get. Well, you know that's true because they think they're they're thinking everybody's gay, and that's just not true. Or promiscuous. Promiscuous, yep. And that's not true. These are people are unbelievable. So you're going to have Jeez. babies that they care so much about being born with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, one of the spokesmen for uh, the Planned Parenthood said that by doing this, they're not, they've been reaching out to the communities with the greatest risk for the in, information, and, you know, and that people are so ashamed and afraid that going to Planned Parenthood and getting tested is some of the only ways some of these people are even going to get tested. You know? And right now, the rumor is that it's a gay disease, but the highest infection rate is among straight African-American women. That's yeah, right. Because well, they, their partners have it. They don't, they don't see the African-American community as human. I'm firmly convinced that a lot of people in the GOP don't consider African-Americans as human. And, you know, if you're not white and Christian and straight, you're not human. Fundamentalist, yeah. So it's going to have to get back to the white community, which it mm-hmm. is. But I just, oh, I hate these people. <laughs> I hate to say the word hate, see but they, I just, see they trying to turn the you see they trying to turn the clock back to the Jim Crow days. You know that's why we got to watch out. That's why we got to vote in these these local elections. That's why we got to put people in with some sense. You see all these crazies. I I I don't know. Who in the hell voting these these clowns in? I'm like, how can y'all vote this? Oh my, oh my God! I'm speechless now. This is unbelievable. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and like Joe said, federal funds, right? That's Ryan White funds. Call in the feds. Then you got needle sharing, and then folks run out of money. That's true. Needle sharing is another way to get it. Yeah. Folks run out of money, and then they use state funds to cover hospital funds. These people, and of course, Texas. Texas is one of the places that didn't expand Medicare, you know, Medicare under the um, Affordable Care Act because they refused to take those funds. Exactly. Joe says Jim Crow in a tux. Mm-hmm. 
And or, like Nova the, says, Joe, the rich white community. Or or what uh, Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, says, it's not Jim Crow anymore. It's James Crow Esquire. They're getting more sophisticated with their racism. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm just I'm just so sick of these people. I could just uh, I could just scream. Now, I I mean I don't even know what what to even say about this. I mean it, it's just they are taking us back. Just mm-hmm. and it's going to take us a while. Just go up and smack them upside the head and get rid of them all. Kick them in the ass and get them out. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Period. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. Kick some ass. <clears throat> Speaking of dipshits. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <sighs> yes, we have another one. McQuarrie. Yeah. Pat McQuarrie. You know, in um, North Carolina, we've got the Duke Energy and the coal ash and all the water contamination. And then, of course, there's the Flint, Michigan water contamination. And that is now all over the news. Is there anybody that hasn't heard about that? I heard heard about about the Flint, Michigan thing. You know, yeah. And that's been going on for years. And, you know, it's been going on for a long time. Right, but but it hasn't really been national until Rachel Maddow broke it, and then Hillary Clinton said something about it at a debate. I mean, there are people. What What about that one place in West Virginia too? The one, the one with the um, chemical spill in the river. Oh, that's right, in the oil. Yes, yes. I think I might even have that one out here somewhere. Um, yes, but now we've got in North Carolina. McCory, who has a cozy relationship with Duke Energy and secret meetings with the executives of Duke Energy. They're his former employer, by the way. Um, former he, marks? That's true. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Kind mm-hmm. of like kind of like Cheney's former employer was Halliburton during the time he was vice president. <laughs> kind of like that. Yes, kind of like that exactly. Yes. Um he decided to weigh in on the Congress's vote last week to weaken the EPA's waters of the United States rule that was issued last year and designate which rivers and waterways fall under the Fed's jurisdiction. President Obama is going to veto it, and he did, in fact, veto this. But McCrory also opposed that clean water rule, despite this deal with Flint. How much money... Did they take from these damn people? You know, how much money? How much money is enough for these people? Yeah. Ask the Koch brothers. Mm. That's true. Oh, my God. I I can't even... Well, is, he doesn't have anything to do with the oil, though, does he? No, no. But even still, when you, you're asking how much money is, you know, is enough for these people, you got the Koch mm. brothers and you got Trump, who were both billionaires. That's true. That's Although, true. Although you know, 
the Koch brothers are, are more into the uh, into the petrochemical side of things. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just am so shocked that he would come out and say that right after this, hearing that these kids, you got a whole town of kids with lead poisoning. And um, he's saying that he's against the clean water bill, against it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you probably and think the, only- that the, the people who had, who had poison water probably deserved what they got. Yeah, and the only thing that I can say is thank you, President Obama, for your veto pen. Mm-hmm. I just, oh my God, I I'm just stunned, just stunned. All right, um, I don't even know what to say with some of this. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, are you are you crazy? I mean, we know they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Evil and crazy. Bunch of sociopaths. Yeah. Oh, Heartless. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to put... We do have time, I think. We got four minutes. Or should we just start doing our rounds about stuff? Uh, <clears throat> Jonathan's typing. <laughs> Okay, we can go a tiny bit over, but not much. I would like to do our Dallas County um, audio with the gun. It's a gun um, etiquette etiquette that's coming out of Dallas. Just to be be clear, which state state are you talking about? Texas. Now we're moving to Texas. Because I currently live in Dallas County, Iowa. So (laughs) this is... Dallas, Texas, they now have gun etiquettes. They got etiquette now. Can we have that audio? Starting January 1st, 2016, Texans will be able to carry handguns in plain view in accordance with House Bill 910. As a city, we ask that you be tolerant to Texans openly carrying revolvers and semi-automatics with this new law taking effect. However, we understand you may feel alarmed or even scared when encountering a person who's openly carrying a handgun. It's important that citizens of Dallas feel safe, so let's walk through some general information about the new law, some violations of open carry, and when to call 311 or 911. For a long time, Texans have been able to carry a concealed handgun with a valid concealed handgun license, or CHL, from the state of Texas. Individuals who obtain a license to carry, or LTC, or have a valid CHL, will be able to open carry their weapon in plain view when properly secured in a belt or shoulder holster. Currently, CHL holders' licenses will be migrated into a license to carry, and licensed holders will be allowed to conceal and open carry. Please call 311 if you have general questions about the new law. Only call 911 if you encounter a person who is in violation of the law. These violations can include the removal of the gun from a secured holster, when a gun holder seems intoxicated, when the individual is obviously committing a crime, or acting in a reckless or suspicious manner. In addition, LTC holders are prohibited from carrying in certain locations such as worship centers, amusement parks, and governmental meetings subject to the Texas Open Meetings Act in accordance with the Texas Penal Code. 
We understand that this new law in the city of Dallas will take some getting used to and that you may have some additional questions. For more information, please call 311 or visit dallascitynews.net slash open carry. I am just beside myself that we have to have gun etiquette now. I don't even know what to say. What do you think, Caitlin? Well, considering all the gun nuts out there, I, this, I, unfortunately, it's more necessary than I would possibly like it to be. Yeah, I guess. I'm just... Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Are you kidding me? I tell you one thing, these people don't scare me. They don't tend attend they don't intimidate me at all. Cause you know, you walk around like a big man with your gun, you don't scare me, dude. You can't bring your gun into a school, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, they I mean they don't they don't scare they don't scare me either, but um I mean I'm not usually the type to judge people, but those people I judge. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the worst of it is the gun nuts are now starting to go into libraries and stuff with uh, where they're having Moms Against Guns. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. this is going to get nasty. But I just I was just so shocked, and I shouldn't be. I, you know, over the years, you know, I heard about states and stuff and people with, you know, concealed weapons and all that. But all this this shit didn't really amp up until, like, Barack Obama became the president. Like, he's going to call all black people to kill white people or some shit like that, you know. And, and you know, it really amped up after he became president. Well, I think that all was these- just an excuse for the NRA to make more money. Yeah. It's, it's also an excuse for well, you know, it's like it's like the things with the sexists, it, you know, you that yeah. they're they're afraid they're going to be treated the same way they treat the people they don't like or hate or whatever. You right. know, like like the people who are, you know, who who are racist against black or, you know, non-white people, well, they know how they treat non-white people. And they don't want to be, they're afraid that, you know, when the time comes, they're going to get what's coming to them. Well, shoot, you know, I look at it like this, you know, karma's a motherfucker. You know, you, you yeah, you can have that little gun, but shoot, you can get in your car and have an accident and lose your damn life. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> and I understand that, but these, um, from the reverb uh, press, in Covington, Kentucky, there was a group of women that were meeting, and there was another group in Ohio, chapters of Mom Demand Action Against fun- Gun Violence, and a whole bunch of gun extremists came walking in with the, their AR-15s, and the guy that did it said, they're going to start doing that more often. You know, it just... They they are planning logistics where the location of those meetings are, so they can and where they can legally carry their guns. So they plan on crashing more of these mom demand actions for gun sense in America meetings. So they figured they have a right to right to bear arms, but pe- other people don't have a right to not get shot. Exactly. 
or that we don't have any right for spe- free speech. Mm. <clears throat> you know, it, they're like the pro-abort or anti-abortionists. You know, they believe they have the right to kill if you don't agree with them. Basically. Yeah. And they call themselves pro-life. And Christian, yeah. it's all, a, like Joe said, it's all about intimidation. Yep. You don't intimidate my ass. And like Nova <laughs> said, if um, black people get guns, I guess it was Joe, the shit would hit the fan. Oh, Yeah. yeah. That's why I try to. That's why I try to talk to some of the guys I know that doesn't have a criminal record. You know, if you can, you get your gun license and get your gun too. You know, you have that right, just like old Bubba down the street. That's right. And snork. Thank you. I think this is a good way to end this story. Really, concealed handguns are completely the fault of women. If women were to put their hands on their face and laugh when seeing a gun, accompanied by the phrase "Sorry about your penis." Gun carrying would be eliminated in two weeks. <laughs> of course, a woman would be shot dead too. But <laughs> yeah, because they're because they're also uppity. Some some of the some of the men who think that the president is uppity would consider you know women with their own opinions to be uppity. Exactly. Well, we are over, so I'm going to let our guest Caitlin um, start with our goodbyes. Well, hopefully next time I, sh- I, I you know, next time I'm you on the show, huh? Oh, on the show or sub? You will yeah, sub well, once again, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, sure. But, you know, hopefully by, by then I will have survived the Iowa cock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> then you can tell us about him. Yep. Awesome. All right, Joey. Uh, I'd like to thank you, uh, Caitlin, for coming and being one of the co-hosts. And I'd like to thank you, uh, Janet. And you, man, you the man behind the curtain, Jonathan. And I'd like to thank John Kendall, wherever you are, brother. I love you, man, and get well soon. And uh, everyone in the chat room, you, uh, Snork, um, Nova, uh, my 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 future wife, Sister Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank uh, all all of y'all. You know, just I'd like to thank y'all being here and and everyone listening. Uh, peace and love. All right, I want to thank everybody. Love you, Joe. And <laughs> Snork said. <laughs> Women need to tell Iowa, sorry about your caucus. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. That just I got to quit looking over there. Um, stay focused. As I said, I hope Joey's feeling better by next week. He's probably thinking, oh, my God, I've got to get the mic away from that woman. Thank you again to Caitlin for helping us out at the last minute. And for uh, Joey, as always, <laughs> and oh, science fiction double feature. Oh yes, <laughs> thank you. I needed that. Um, tonight we have the science fiction double feature, two thousand plus when worlds meet, met, and the sealed book, Devil Island, sci-fi double feature for tonight, two thousand plus. 
When Worlds Met and the Sealed Book, Devil's Island. So, I want to say goodnight to everybody from Janet and all of the gang here at Southern Progressive Revival on Any Media Weekly. Good night, everybody. Love you, Joe. Good night. Night. I've got to let you go. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's good. Wonderful to see you. Yeah, well, yes. Uh huh. Right. Great. You come back and see me, you hear? Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob.